Welcome to Moving With Life. I am Andy Acosta. My friends Eddie Sines and Brian Ruevanos will be joining me as well. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for lending us your ears for two to two and a half hours every week. Uh, it's been an awesome experience making this podcast so far. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave us feedback. Leave us reviews. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. On to episode number five, we do have our first guest, my friend and drummer, Mr. Andy Gonzalez who I've known for a few years now. We were a part of a band here in the Valley back in 2011, 2012, for a little while. Then he moved forward with another band. And now, once again, we are in the same band and crew under the direction of our friend, Eddie Signs. During this conversation, we cover a large range of topics, going from Andy's background, uh, his why and how of music, pursuing music, and now making music his career. From there, we go into hobbies. We go into things we like doing for fun, things that keep us sane on stage and off stage. So in summary, this conversation was awesome, and I really enjoyed it. Now, please enjoy this episode of Moving With Life. It's already recording. Shit. Shut up. Yeah, no, it's already recording. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch. That sneaky bastard. <laughs> sneaky bastard. No, you know a movie I saw the other day I haven't seen in a while? Traffic. Have you seen that movie? You guys seen it? I haven't no. seen it. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so fucking good. It was uh, one of the first movies of its kind to do that, uh, like, several storylines that kind of interconnect with each other. Right, right. That kind of thing. So it's like three or four different character storylines, and they all mesh up somehow, and they're all like involved in the drug war. And like one person is like the president's like chief of drug war staff guy or whatever. He's like the dude, the politician that's supposed to like be in charge of fighting the drug war, and he's mm-hmm. sucking at it. And then another storyline is that guy's daughter, who's like on crystal meth or some shit. And then. Another storyline is a Mexican police officer played by Benicio del Toro. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Benicio? Or is it Benicio del Toro? I'm pretty sure. Is he Spanish? Yes. Then it's Benicio. <laughs> God damn it. No, bro. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. What was Wait, it? Well, you mean like Spanish from Spain? Or you yeah. mean like, oh, no, no, he's not from Spain. Oh, then it's just Benicio. Okay. <laughs> Glad we could clear <laughs> oh, that because, up. Yeah, yeah, because the Spaniards, they have a lisp on the C and the Z. They have a lisp on the C. Yeah, so that's why they say Barcelona. Oh, Not Barcelona. Oh, so, I, ne- I never. So Benicio would be Benicio. Nice. That's weird. Love that. Yeah. Oh, anyway, uh, we're talking about the movie Traffic. Oh, you've told me about it. I haven't yeah. got to watch it. I have it here on. Deep. I actually have it here, but I haven't watched it. What were you gonna say, Andy? I was like, I, w- I wonder how like geographical like location affects the. Oh, something about their king back back in the day that the king spoke that way and copycats. So that they don't make them feel like awkward or whatever. Everybody spoke like him. Everybody made themselves have a lisp. That's because, interesting. Yeah, something like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Same thing falls for jujitsu. Uh, like he says, black belch instead of black belt. <laughs> what? Like yeah, there's like a like belch and like there's different little like nuances that come from like jujitsu that I'm now learning like just very minimal. But I hear my professor talk about it or he'll say it like in a certain way. And I have another friend in jujitsu that also says like that or like or the blue belch or whatever different things. It's pretty. It's, that's interesting because that that's what I connected it to. That's a cool little like people. 
culture. Fun fact. Yeah. I like it. Weren't you really into French in high school? Though? Like you took a lot of French? No, just three years. All French? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's not that I was super into it, but I took it because I already spoke Spanish. And I really thought it was kind of like not that cool if I took like something, a language I already spoke. So, yeah, I took French three years. Okay. Okay. Fair it's enough. It's kind of poetic. I had a uh, – well, I, I now have a new student. We've had, like, three or four lessons now. And she she's, like, our age. She's, like, 23, 24. I was 23. That's kind of younger than we are. But 24, 25, she's around there, around our age, a little older maybe. Mm-hmm. And she's just kind of, you know, just trying to get better with her singing so she can, uh, like, Im- improve her quality of singing with the, like, with the YouTube channel stuff. She's, like, really big on posting her YouTube video stuff. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Really cool chick. Graphic designer too, really freaking talented. Nice. Works with um, Lax, Lax Furniture. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. pretty no good. Way. That's pretty rad. Bad. Yeah. That's anyway, not bad for twenty three. Sure. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Well, I think she's a little older, twenty four or twenty five. Okay, let's say she's One under twenty five. She's twenty three. Let's say 25. she's under fifty. I'm a little less impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm saying all this because, um, well, she speaks very good Spanish and. Um, the current song we're working on with her is a Spanish song, and she's like, "Do you understand it?" Like, and I was like, "No, but it doesn't matter." <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, "Have you felt any uh, like change as far as like now working with students who uh, speak or are bringing these Spanish songs to you?" It's never made a difference because the only thing you really have to worry about singing properly um, with, I mean, like techniques all the same across the board, okay. and you can only really sing on vowels, so you can really only make pitches on like. A, E, I, O, and U, and variations of those vowels. Mm-hmm. And then um, some consonants, like M and N, like M mm or N, mm, right? Mm. You can make pitches off of those, but you can't make a pitch off of K. K. No. You oh. can't make a sound yeah. off that. Yeah. I bet you a dollar mm. I can. <laughs> if you add a vowel, you can, like cow. <laughs> Why would you sing about cow? <laughs> <laughs> hey, ch- children's songs. You have to teach them animals. You have to teach them different things. So you could I really need to brush up on my children's songs because I suck at lessons with kids that are, like, younger than five. Hey, here's some Sean McConnell. Would you learn this? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I, what's Novocaine? <laughs> <laughs> I usually just give them, like, if they're that age, I just, like, let them sing whatever the hell they want to sing That's and just rare. have fun with it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you say, like, you know, you're still trying to set their foundation. To mm-hmm. Then once their ch- voice starts changing, you know, 15, 16 years old, 17 years old, and then progress from that. Well, just until they can really do something a little more substantial, okay. you know, like usually around, like, when they're 9 or 10, a little older. It's when it kind of starts to kick in, hopefully. Another one of my students, uh, my older students, um, that I is kind of new. And he kind of likes to get into the DMT talk. <laughs> okay. And he did this completely on his own. I swear to God, I didn't bring <laughs> it up. He did this completely on his own. Well, it's actually the same student that I've talked about a few times that we were like, kind of like struggling to break down his, his ego walls and stuff. He, he's kind of coming too, man. He's, he's making some good progress and his walls are coming down, which is nice. It just takes a little bit of time. It does. It really does. And a little bit of effort. So... Uh, he likes to talk about DMT and the spirit world and ayahuasca, and he's done ayahuasca like three times. I'm like, holy shit! Dang, so he's, he's yeah, down. he's yeah, he's in it. He's in it to win it. And he, <laughs> it came up so <laughs> randomly at the end of a lesson the other day. He was like, he's like showing me this picture here. You can't, you can't like show anyone this picture. Like, I can't send it to you. I can only show it to you. But like a friend of mine from Los Angeles has alien friends, 
and then he showed me this picture of his friend riding in her like red like Jeep Cherokee or whatever, and in the back seat's like an alien. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say like down here I have plenty of alien friends. <laughs> every time Eddie like mentions a student, I think he's talking about like a little like twelve year old. <laughs> yeah, this student was how old? Uh, he's in his late twenties. Right, late twenties. Okay, yeah. it freaks me out that y'all teach adults there. Yeah, no, we teach anyone every age. Um, I love teaching adults personally. Well, I guess it's kind of like a give and take because I kind of had some trouble with this guy starting out, but he's he's getting there. <laughs> hey, should we introduce 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 the guest? We will introduce the guest. Okay. We have our drummer and now I have to say good longtime friend, Mister Andy. Gonzalez, how long do you have to be friends to be considered a long time friend? Because <laughs> right? you said now, like a long, like before well, you stepped into. Well, that's a good question because I was th- as I was saying this, I was like, okay, I've on- I've known you for five years. Let's I say don't, I don't remember see, my memory. Twenty twelve, so five years, because that's when I started playing. That's when we both were playing roles. Let's just let's just say it's five years, right? Now I don't consider that a long time, but we've done a lot of cool stuff together, like out in the road and playing music, and then you've had your own journeys as well. Yeah. So that, that's why, like now, I I just say long time friend because we've come a long ways from 2012 playing shows in a you know a small dive bar to what we're doing now and trying to progress now with Eddie. Still um, playing dive bars. <laughs> hey, but hey man, we're still playing. That, that's all I really care about. We're that's still fair. playing. Is, but what we've done, even individually, and you know, to build up to where we are now is what's important to me. What we've done in five years, which when you're if you're able to put into retrospect. It's like man, it's it's pretty cool, and then like the you know the British Street shows and all those shows yeah. that we got to do together before like anything before anything after that, and you've had your now you've had a lot of good stage moments a lot of cool at Lubbock and where else Amarillo Houston, mm, a lot of like hill country gigs and like small bars and stuff, mm. but outside the valley. Yeah, I mean especially outside the valley. That's you know that's the most exciting part is getting out of the valley. Well, I'm gonna get into some questions real quick. Uh, the same questions that I asked Brian and Eddie in podcast number two. Okay. If you could summarize your childhood from the time you can recall memories to age 10, what would you say and how would you describe it? Honestly, I my childhood is like a blur to me. Like, it's super weird. I don't know why. I guess I like blocked a bunch of it out, which that sounds super like, oh, everybody says that. You know, I've heard a couple people say that and it's like, I don't know. I'd, I really don't have that many, like, I have, like, little moments, but mm-hmm. I can't really have, like, a whole childhood to where I can, I guess, like, put a word on it, you know? Right, right. Okay. Like, mo- honestly, like, my memories, <clears throat> it starts where I can actually, like, remember stuff, like, vividly is, like, from, like, late junior high to, like, Interesting. You know, Okay, well, we'll skip to that then. How how were your junior junior high years? I know yours were unique compared to a lot of other kids. Yeah, I mean, at the age I, twelve. What were you yeah, I think. Then? I think that's about the time where I was kind of getting into music. <clears throat> at that time, I was doing the whole like playing with my brothers. I think, you know, and then that's when I met um, my friends that I started the bands with. Like I was in a little metal band and stuff. I kinda remember. Funny. Yeah, I remember. But I mean, that's that's when I really started like getting into music and kind of thinking like, oh, this is something that I want to do with my life. And you know, who were your influences then? Like, what what was your 
background as far as music goes that that then influenced you to then start a band with your brothers and your friends and maybe consider having this as a career? Honestly, my uh, my biggest influence is Matt. The, he used to play guitar for Costello. Mm. Um, he started playing drums for my brothers, and I just watched him, and I was just like, oh, God. And actually, uh, now that I think about it, it was, that was around like 14, 15. Okay. And that's when I was like, wow, somebody can play music and, you know, actually do stuff. Go with out their, and yeah. do it. <coughs> and I had heard his stories, you know, playing with his grandpa, Country Roland and stuff. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, um, he's probably my biggest influence as far as, like, wanting to get into music because I saw him at a young age doing it and that's I saw it as a possibility and I was like I want that interesting I I didn't I didn't know that at all I didn't know it's that either cool. that's I like awesome that. yeah Matt I've known him a few years now and he's always super cool always the most humble guy you can always approach him talk to him have a beer or whatever so yeah, that's definitely. that's pretty cool that he he you know now I I know we have like a bunch of uh I would have to say external influences or like distant i call them i call them distant mentors where like you know they're they're out in the you know they're out in nashville or austin they're out of you know they're out of those locations and we look up to them like you know why not like they're mm -hmm. they're people that play certain styles that are that influence us after that but for someone i feel local to have that influence i think that's awesome i and i think it should be known you know more more often than not you know sometimes sometimes we don't realize who are where our influence starts yeah it's pretty cool um so you, well, you just started gigging, like in high school, or how 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 did that then affect like your high school uh, experience, like being in high school, having homework, doing the Monday through Friday thing? Maybe I don't know if you were in sports or not. You, I don't know, you can elaborate on that, but going from that and then going out every weekend or maybe every other weekend, and play music with your brothers or whatever, wherever you're having a show that particular time. Um, I actually did play football in uh, seventh and eighth grade. Mm. And, uh, you know, once I got to high school, I, I decided, you know, football is not going to be something that I could do for the rest of my life. And I was like, okay, well, I just, I'm going to focus on music. And, you know, the really playing started happening in high school. It was a lot more like I would travel to Laredo and stuff. And I think one time I traveled to Laredo on a Wednesday, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. And I got to skip school on Thursday because I got back in town at, like, a six yeah early in the morning and um yeah i mean all i would look forward to and it's pretty much the same thing that i do now it's like what can i do to pass the time between gigs because <laughs> that's literally all like besides like my whole like relationship situation mm -hmm. like i mean music's really like what i want to be doing with my time right right yeah i definitely agree with that i can see that um Okay, then you go through high school, you graduate, you decide uh, not to go to college or hard, or what happened in that that transition? What happened there? I had a uh, wrong idea of what I was gonna do. Mm. I, I I guess I had like a I don't know. I, I swore that I was gonna you know become something big in the music world like instantly. Okay. But obviously, it takes a lot more work <laughs> than you know what I thought it would be. And, um, yeah, I decided not to go to college because, honestly, I wish um, I wish I would have found a place like Belmont or something because that, that would have changed a lot of things. But, you know, you can't really, can't really criticize your, uh, your path too much because it happens for a reason. 
and now I'm sitting here with you guys like doing this stuff. Like, yeah, it's, what? It, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's definitely unique that I'm, I'm dying to know what happens, but I'm enjoying doing this week in, week out. So I definitely feel that for you and when you even even in the five years what we've mm-hmm. done together in bands and then individually uh different doing different things and traveling um definitely feel that i was gonna say while you're while you're thinking like because you said like you kind of wish you'd gone to belmont and and i'm over here like i enjoyed belmont but i also enjoy the rawness of a performance much more in the sense of i guess like performances with fellow belmont folk not that it wasn't fun but it was always very like very on you know what i mean like not perfect, but very near perfect, and it kind of took away just a little ounce of fun from it. Authenticity, maybe. Yeah, authenticity. Raw is a good word. I, I'd say raw is a good word, but yeah. I'm, okay. I'm a big fan of mistakes because, well, you were saying this the other day, Gonzo, like at, at practice or somewhere, like I love when mistakes become like the actual thing you're going to use for a song or, or whatever. In that case, it was a drum fill you'd come up with, <laughs> right? Yeah, coming uh, out of, what was it, coming out of a, a lead part into... Mm-hmm. Like, what was it, that last uh, chorus? One of those kind of things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just, you know, noodling, I guess, and then, just, hey, that sounded good. Let's put this on you know, on top that. of something else. Yeah. 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 Not that because you're not, like, you know, like, college, musically educated, that, like, you're going to make mistakes all the time, but, like, just something about mistakes just are awesome. I mean, when I say you, I don't mean you specifically. I mean just, like, yeah. band in general. Yeah, yeah. people, yeah. You know? Even myself, because, God, I suck. I've heard your mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh on the inside. <laughs> That's why you tell uh, tell the sound guy, no, I don't need any acoustic in my monitor. Nope. Actually, nope. I used to not like any acoustic at all. Because mm. it was a... Uh, I would think of, like, music had to be like a grid. Mm-hmm. And acoustic doesn't always land in that grid. And, you know, that's just the human element. And, and uh, we've also experienced... Different acoustic players, yeah, definitely. So that, that oh boy, at our off the grid, and it's like okay, there's a difference between like not being a part of like the composition and then like just being you know behind time or ahead of time. There's a big ass difference. It's being like, completely wrong. Yeah, just being <laughs> off, off yeah. like yeah, no grid whatsoever. My favorite yeah. is when I forget that I have a capo on somewhere and we're playing in a like in a certain key and then. Like, I have the right key in my head, but I forget that I have the capo on, so I'm just way <laughs> off. And, whoops. Uh-huh. I, I need to listen for that. I haven't, I, and that. I haven't paid attention to that. When stuff like that happens, he looks back at me like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> and more so because you have your ears in as much as you can, so, like, mm-hmm. you will hear it versus, you know, me or any of the other guys that, you know, are in and out of ears or monitor situations. But uh, that's very funny. My favorite is when uh, when JJ messes up. And he makes his face. Uh, <laughs> that, that face he makes, I love it. He's gotten better at that though. Uh, he's 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 improved. He's progressed man. Yeah, since it, being in the band. He's yeah. he's grown a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know I tell I try I used to try to tell Eddie as much as possible like how awesome I feel about all you guys. Like just watching what we've done in the past like seven eight months since JJ's been with us full time. You know, back in July that he like came you know climb on board and and we started and from there to now. In general, it, it's very awesome seeing that progression. Yes, you know? completely uh, agreed. That that wavelength, man, once you hit that shit, it ain't going nowhere. And even now that, you know, uh, 
our priorities are moving, so we're having less gigs because the priorities are shifting. New album coming out, you know, we're getting ready for all of that. Mm-hmm. But even with that, when we get together and we, and I feel like with this time off, quote unquote, we have per weekend, every single show that we now have is that much more better because of the time we spent off stage helps us helps us play our best on stage and just like get past like all the small bullshit. Yeah, um, that kind of goes into my like, I guess practice routine. And I actually stole it from uh, this dude, Aaron Gillespie. I think that's how you say his last name. Uh, but he used to play drums for a band called Under Oath. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, mm-hmm. I guess they're like a Christian rock band. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, um, he, I think he said he pretty much doesn't practice. Like, he'll get away from the kit so he can miss it. And then when he goes back to the kit, he, uh, the quality of it, like, you it know. Improves. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like better. when you miss somebody and then when you hang out with them, it's like, oh, man, it's this like, person's yes. awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Man, I always wonder where professionals find the time to get away from music. Because for college, it was easy because you have, like, winter breaks and summer breaks or whatever kind of break, right, where you can just sit at home and do nothing or sit in your dorm room or apartment and do nothing. But um, so, you know, we'd have those breaks in college, and even our professors would be like, okay, you're feeling really burned out. You just got done with juries or you're going to be done with juries and you're finishing up finals. When you go home for winter break, just take some naps, take it easy, just don't play music for a little bit. You know, like everyone just feels really burned out from music just just overall. And now like trying to do it professionally and and I guess quote unquote like you know like big time, I guess. You know, I can't think of any other words to describe it, but that sounds super cheesy, big time. But um, you know, trying to do it for real like as a job, as a career, it's it's like where where do I find time to get away from it? can't it's like i feel like i have to constantly find things to re-inspire me which i don't fail at it's not hard for me to do just go buy a new record <laughs> right, but, right, right and right. listen to it front to back a thousand times and learn something from it but i don't know well, what do you find like a hobby to do or just you know something different it's not music and could you pick up inspiration from there I think that's kind of where I get the um, the urge to fall into these little side things I do. But none of them ever last that long. Like, um, I recently fell into some old, like, A-track tapes from, like, an old family friend. Yeah. And they came in these really old, like, 80s, 70s-style small little briefcases. And I gutted those little briefcases out. They were carrying the A-tracks. And I put in like some new uh, some new fabric that I got from Walmart Hobby Lobby or whatever. Yeah. Like super glued them in, made nice. it all fancy and nice. And now that's where I put my merch. So like the shirts are gonna go in there that I just got today, and the um, the koozies are in there, CDs, et cetera, et cetera. So that's where I'm selling merch out of now. So it's like that was a cool little three day, four day stint for me. Right. And then now I read, and like I never fucking read. <laughs> and now I read, and that's I just, awesome. <laughs> I just learned yeah. how to read. I just. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I I really 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 disliked reading, um, and I was it's 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 weird because I think I don't I don't mean to brag, but I think I was always good at it. Like you know, when you're in school and they ask you to read out loud in class, like I thought I was pretty good. Like I could read at a good pace and not mess up the words. Right, right. So I I think I <laughs> I think I could read, but uh, <laughs> I just never liked it unless uh, I had a book that really really interested me. So, like, uh, I think at some point in high school, we got assigned some book to read over the summer. And but at this point, I already forgot what it was. But at that time, I was really interested in it. So I, I read that thing, like, every day as much as I could. And, and I found that to be true. Like, 
later on, like, if I'm not interested in the book, like, it's really hard for me to get through it. <coughs> and, I mean, it sounds pretty obvious, but I just never gave reading a try because I never found what interested me until now. Right. Now right, I right. got, uh, you know, Tools of Titans. I had my little a little spree with some finance books, and now I'm moving on to, to other things. But, yeah, just a little fun fact, I guess. Took a little time. Yeah. Yeah, I felt the same way with uh, when I discovered Cormac McCarthy, the author. Who is the author of The Road, which we were talking about for the uh, for the last podcast? I almost bit. watched it on Netflix. Ooh, <laughs> almost. But I didn't. I was like, uh, do I have time for this? <laughs> so um, Cormac McCarthy, again, is the author of No Country for Old Men, which they made the big movie out of. The, the Coen brothers made that movie. And it has um, that really awkward, creepy-looking dude playing the villain. I forget his name. Javier Bardem. Yep, that's him. You know yep. a fun fact about that movie? And I haven't watched it, but I just know this fact. Um, I think it's one, if not the only, like, movie in I don't know how long that doesn't have any music to it. Oh, shit. You've told me about like that. Like, at all? At all. Like, not even no background? Music, no. Like just, just starts? Do you realize this when when you I, watched it? I just realized it now that you said it. Because I've seen the movie yeah, a thousand try, times. Try to think of a song in that movie or any music in that movie. You know, like when you, um, when you like used to have like an iPod, like the like the old generation iPods, and um, and then you could start putting movies on your iPods that you'd buy from the iTunes store. Yeah. That movie and Zoolander are the only two movies I have on my old generation <laughs> iPod. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I've seen it like a thousand times, and I've also seen Zoolander like a thousand times. <laughs> I tried watching the new Zoolander and I couldn't. It was just so dumb. Still haven't seen it. Not gonna see it. I won't let it ruin the first movie for me. <laughs> I think I was like ten minutes into it and I was like, oh, "This is garbage. I need to stop." Mm-hmm. I haven't watched any of them. I hear you guys reference them all the time, and I have not watched too much either one of them. Yeah, you you at least need to watch the first one. Okay, that's that's fair. I I don't disagree. I just have I just haven't gotten to it. Gonzalez, sorry we kind of got like away from it, but. Your adolescence and your, like, high school years have always interested me, like, in a really cool way. Either when you talk about it or I've never really heard Tommy talk much about it. But then again, because Tommy's away a lot and we don't, well, I mean, I don't really get to see him. I don't know if you get to see him a lot. Hardly. But, I mean, I yeah, I've hardly ever seen him. Um, obviously, I've seen your older brother Rick a lot more because he used to play bass with us. And, and, you know, obviously we've had some more hangs. But even, like, when Rick talks about it, like, I just get all... Kind of starry-eyed, to be honest, because it sounds like so much fun, and it sounds like something that I wish I could have had growing up, you know? It was it was super cool. Like, me and my brothers used to open for a lot of artists yeah. at Las Palmas, yep. and I, the first concert that we opened for was uh, Rich O'Toole, mm. and then the second one was, uh, like, Pat Green, and then, like, it just started... Like then, no justice. Then Bart Crow and all the all the Las Palmas gigs. Like pretty much, if you go down my playlist and my like, like Spotify. Yeah. All those artists I've opened for. There you go. Just like people listening. Go to Spotify, check it out. You can see some of his influences and who he's opened up for as well. That's pretty cool. Big list. It's it's incredible. It's uh, and then like I'm just there watching them. Like what? I'm I'm going to school on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) I have homework. Uh, I love those stories that you guys tell when you, like you were saying a little bit, like you travel to Laredo, play, come back in time to get you on the bus to go to school. Like, There's one of those that you that tell sounds us. Like, that sounds like the life to me. I wish I could have um, that. I, Biscuit, uh, he actually used to own a bar downtown. It was uh, called, I think it was called The Dive. 
and I would play at that bar on Thursday nights and go to school uh, Friday, Friday morning. Friday morning. Man. I had no clue that he owned a bar. Yeah, he, he used to. Um, there was another bar, I think, that was open for a while and people used to play at, but uh, the dive was really, you know. And then uh, there's another one downtown uh, called Speakeasy back okay. in the day. I used to play there, and I would show up um, Friday morning, and my teacher, like, I had her for, we had block scheduling, so um, I had her for my first and second class, I think, so I was with her, like, pretty much half half a day, and she would, like, look at me, like, Friday morning, just, like, finish your work and put your head down. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, and she used to, I think she was my mom's teacher, I think, either she went to school with one of my aunts, or... She was like my mom's teacher, but there was a connection mm. somewhere in the past. Interesting. And Damn. yeah, it was pretty cool. It's really cool how teachers, I don't want to say like tend to be sympathetic because they are sympathetic. I mean, they're humans, but I just find it really cool when, when teachers have those really humanistic moments, you mm-hmm. know? And I've been feeling that all week as a sub because uh, I subbed Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Monday was a quote holiday. I've been feeling that more as I've been spending more time with this with this core group of kids. Because I've subbed this same fifth grade class the last at least six or seven jobs I've done now. Gotcha. So I've just spent a ton of time with them, especially this week. Because uh, my mom, who is a teacher at this school, this particular school, uh, my mom had surgery on Monday. Mm-hmm. And she decided to have the surgery on Monday because they had off from work. So I was with her at the hospital um, pretty much all day, like early morning till very late afternoon. And uh, really minor stuff, just like shoulder stuff. You know, it was like 30-minute surgery, and then she just kind of takes the rest of the time recovering from <laughs> anesthesia. Right, right, yeah, right. But um, anyways, so I was covering for her all week because of that because she had to be out and, and try to recover. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, today, um, I, was, I was with the same fifth-grade class all week. So I really got to just lock in on knowing the kids, and I've, like, got their names down now and, like I, like, noticing their personalities and how they stand out. And I know a little bit more about where they come from, what their background is. And because of that, like, I feel more, like, sympathetic towards, like, certain kids. And, yeah, well, yeah, attached, yeah, you know? So, um... Yeah, you're you're building that relationship. Yeah. time and now now that you've been with them for, you know, the majority of now February. I mean, next week we're, like, halfway through February already. So, like, I'm basically outside of February. You know, I'm basically out. (laughs) It's scaring me. And, uh, dude, yeah, okay, we can go into that later. But, uh, but yeah, like, developing that relationship, that's very cool. I'd say it's very cool. Yeah, and you're saying like you had a teacher that just like knew your situation and was like, yeah, just take just take a nap. You're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love that. It's because like when you're growing up and you're still in the school system, <coughs> you pretty much spend more time with your teachers than you do your parents almost. Yeah. Yeah. And that way. doesn't count like sports or anything extra that you do mm-hmm. after school. And that's still another couple hours. And then you get home, then you do homework, then you probably go to sleep or whatever, but. Definitely feel that. Yeah, definitely felt that in high school with like band, because oh man, you spend all summer together too, <laughs> and then you have class, and then you have after school practice, yeah. and then for example, like let's say we had marching band practice, and sometimes if if we would end early, then you'd have like all region practice or jazz band practice, and it was <coughs> you spent so much time with those people, like the students and the directors and. I don't know, man. I, I honestly enjoyed it. It was super awesome. Yeah. The uh, the students started looking me up on YouTube and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you brought up... You brought up uh, 
I don't want to get too deep into it, but you brought like that spot of or what? No, Pandora. It was Pandora. Pandora yeah. yeah. A student was like, "Hey, sir, did you know you had your own Pandora station?" And I was like, "Yeah." Did you know I get paid every time one of my songs get played on my Pandora station? And she's like, oh, no way. How much? Like 100 bucks? And I was like, uh, less. <laughs> she's like, 50? And I'm like, mm, less. <laughs> and she's like, 10? <laughs> and I was like, mm, not really. Like, <laughs> a little bit less. You should have acted surprised. Right? What? Oh, my God. Yeah, I kind of walked myself into that one. <laughs> But, uh, man, maybe you didn't aim to get to that point with that student, but, I mean, it's part of it, and it's something we just have to deal with. I mean, it's just it. That's it. I mean, I don't want to say, oh, it's reality. It is, but it's like, okay, it, it is. Like, we're, It's not going to stop us from doing and creating. Right. And when people bring up, like, oh, you shouldn't be in it for the money, it's like, well, uh. I don't like – I said, we can get semi-deep into this, but the general thing is, like, okay – Yes, it's it's about the money because if you want to make a living, like I mean, these people who are saying, "Oh, it's not about the money," but yet now if they're trying to make it a career, then how how do you make you know, like take an intro business class? Like you need some le- you need some feet off, you need some capital, you need some right. leverage to get off and get going. You know, like I don't understand that. I feel like for the most part, when somebody says I'm not in it for the money, like they're not going for like, oh, I'm not in it to drive like a Lamborghini and stuff, like. When I say I'm not in it for the money, I'm saying, like, I just want to do it to where I can support myself and my family, you know, eventually when that happens, and be comfortable, like, not have a super luxurious life, even though that would be, like, really awesome. But, like, I feel like that's what people mean when they say, like, oh, I'm not in it for the money. Like, they don't care if they're, like... I hope that's what they mean. Because I feel like some, like, for the ones who maybe do it as a hobby... That, well, like, yeah, obviously it's not you're not in for the money. That's why you have a full time job and you should come do this on the weekends. You know, what I mean? I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just you saying, too. like, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, for the ones who, like, like I guess those people that the yeah. the standouts of that. It's like, okay, I know that we know that, but for the ones like Eddie that are trying to do this and they're investing time and money, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, no, yeah, you need an ROI, you need return on your investment, you need capital to invest, and then you keep moving, you tour, and you know all this, all the elements that come along with it. Yeah. One of my uh, one of my good buddies uh, posted something like uh, on this about this. Um, he starts the story above, which is referring to my story that I posted with this Pandora station to my student thing. Um, he goes, "The story above isn't a story of low margins. It's a story of shifting demand within an industry. If you're doing it all for fun, that's fine too. But passion and profit are not mutually exclusive." Telling a kid there's no money in something seems counterintuitive to furthering the art, the industry, and your small business as a result of the first two bullet points. Instead, telling the kid where the problems lie allow him or her to think critically about other ways to make money doing what he or she loves. Your anecdote doesn't support your issue with someone being in music for profit as its inverse is true. Because I'm profit-driven, I know what I need to earn at gigs with my small business, and I achieve that by increasing my skill level. So, like, basically saying, like, you know, both ways are true, which, whichever way you look at it. Right, you know? right, right. So, I don't know. I thought those those really wise that, words from a really also, wise friend. Right, absolutely. And I agree with that because that, that, I guess that's, like, a, that's the dichotomy. But if you're trying to do a career, a career means making a living, like, living, you know, off of money, right? You need mo- we, we, I, I honestly wish we didn't need money, but that's what's built up to this world now. So, we need money to buy food, 
and live and go out and have fun too. And when it's a career, it's different. As opposed to if it's a hobby, cool, have fun, do it, get drunk every single show, do whatever you want, but don't bash those that are in it for the money to then provide for their families. Yeah. And I, it's hard, I feel like, for the hobbyists to not, because this to me leaks over to like the guys who have made it, Randy Rogers, Wade Bowen, these guys that are making, like, how do you think they freaking started? How? how? You think they just started as a hobby? I highly doubt it. They're not where they're at because it started as a hobby. Or at least it didn't continue as a hobby. Yeah. They I got serious I about just feel it like if point. it's an influence like Andy's influence where he started very young in bars, it's it's just a matter of time before you dive in. Head first and you fucking go. Yeah. That that's that's my argument. And I'll tell you this much, like I know you're saying like I wish it didn't revolve around money, wish the world didn't revolve around money. If it wasn't money, it'd be something else. It, Absolutely. It, it'd be, um, uh, you know, just bartering all the time. Something. Well, even then, so it'd be something totally gnarly. Uh, there was something that a client brought up. We were talking, oh, because we were talking about exercise versus diet. I got my blood drawn today, and, like, my results aren't what I wanted them to be. Fine, I need to adjust my diet. Okay, we're going to move forward. But we both came, at the same time, it was pretty cool, because we both came to the conclusion, like, man, if it weren't the diet, then it'd be something else. If it weren't the exercise, it'd be something else. You know, if if we could if we could eliminate diet and exercise and just whatever, it would be something else. And that's where like I I agree because that came up today for me in a conversation. Yep. There was a funny thing that I heard Chris McHugh say about like playing for money and stuff, and he's like, "Oh, I'm not in this because I love money and chicks." So he said, "I'm in this because." Um, oh no, he said, "I'm in this because I love money." No, no, it was I love one chick. And she spends all my money. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. <laughs> I like that. But even then, okay, like there, like there's a difference between even okay, even here. If you have a, a at some point, I know me and Andy had gigs every single weekend, right? Right. And in that case, we weren't in that situation. We weren't spending a, a lot, if any, on alcohol or other things, right? Other things that that weren't like maybe beneficial. Now, when you go and play a gig and you spend seventy five dollars on alcohol. Because you're buying people shots, or you're buying yourself shots, or you're buying buckets. Yeah, that's there's a difference there. You're playing because you can't make a career out of that either. And like, oh, there's no money in the music. Like, well, how much? Okay, how much did you spend on drinking this weekend? <laughs> oh, 150 bucks. Well, there's there's more than half of each you made a hundred and you spend 150. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you know, let's say for example, we get paid 85 for this for this particular whatever particular gig, mm-hmm. and he spends 70 bucks. And you have 15 bucks to maybe put gas in your car to go go back home. <laughs> like, that makes no sense. You'll you spend know? that 15 bucks on Whataburger that night. Yeah, there you go. And, yeah, it's nine bucks for a Whataburger or whatever you're going to get. And Or if you are if you have you and your spouse. Ooh. That's, that's 20 that's, bucks right that's there. 20 bucks. That's probably the main reason why I'm still single. <laughs> Whataburger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, just, like, just not wanting to, to drop money on myself and another person. Are you kidding me? <laughs> can barely afford myself <laughs> every time i go out on a date i go to the i will reveal which spot i which spot <laughs> i go to for every first date. dollar menu <laughs> <laughs> but pretty much every first date i go to the same establishment here in town okay i won't say which one it's university draft house <laughs> <laughs> anyway they got a good beer selection man they i do, love they beer do. they do um Anyway, like I always like tell my dad, say, oh, I'll get whatever you want. Just like if you want to get food, <laughs> you want to get drinks, cool. And I just end up like with a water or like just one beer, two beers, like trying to cut back on my spending. And, yeah, you can you can choose anything you want under the day of the week special. <laughs> like, this 
this box right here. Pick anything you want under there. But Eddie, there's like two peers. Believe it or not, my relationship is like half based on food. And that's why I love it so much. It's like, hey, you want Whataburger? Yes. Let's go. <laughs> or wing stop. Oh my <laughs> Love love at first bite. Exactly. <laughs> Damn it. That's the basis of our relationship, just like you like it. <laughs> oh man. I'm loving it. Nah, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm not gonna nope. What are what are some things that like you guys that make you guys happy? Super cliche. Well, I was gonna say besides music. Oh, okay. But but yeah, like like a like a hobby. Outside of music, or even if it's music, like you know, like like just if it's music, elaborate on on like um, what what it is that makes you happy about it. But it doesn't have to be music. Like a hobby besides music. Yeah, well, even even like let's say you guys, all all three of you, play full time, play music full time. Mm. So if you have a hobby outside of music that makes you happy, then you know what is it? If it's playing more music, then what about it that makes you so happier? You know, this past year I got into archery and like bow hunting. Super cool. And that's like that's there's something therapeutic about it. Like, to steal some of Joe Rogan's words, uh, like, just having your mind clear for that second that your bow's drawn and, like, everything is just focused on, like, the positioning of your body and everything. Yeah. Like, there's something nice about that. And I've never had a hobby that was like that. Like, it was always just, like, music, music, music. But then I met my girlfriend and then her brother's into hunting and stuff. And I saw him do it, and I was like, oh, my God, I want to try that. And then I tried it, and first arrow that I let go, I was hooked. Boom. Yeah, was <laughs> awesome. You were hooked. <laughs> and I love fishing, too. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to bring that up first, but I'm glad you brought up no. archery because fishing, I feel like you've been doing for a while, and mm. archery's like your – your, that's well, your 26th thing. Honestly, like thing. Um, fishing is uh, something that I do with my girlfriend a lot. Like I got her obsessed with fishing accidentally. Like <laughs> She wanted to go to the beach – and I was like, okay, let's go to the beach as long as I can go fishing. Um, I took two poles. She threw a line out, caught a fish. And ever since then, like, she every... She was hooked. <laughs> literally, she was hooked. And, like, um, every other weekend since then, I think since, like, March, like, almost a almost year already, a year. we've been going every other weekend. Damn. That's awesome. So, How, man, go, go Our relationship is fishing and food. That's it. Yeah, so you guys, any hobbies that make you happy? Yeah, I know you said not music-related, but or it can be. Well, it's kind of music related. Um, my big thing is I love going to record shops. Like treasure going to record shops a ton, and I love just spending time in them. Even if I don't buy anything and I'm there for like an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever, just looking through, I love that. Something like kind of like what Gonzo was saying, how archery is therapeutic for him. That that's therapeutic for me. I I love that. And um, I'm always there, like, on a mission. Like, I always have, like, the two or three records in mind that I really want to find. And I usually try to keep it, like, you know, um, historical records, like, records that, like, change the industry forever and ever and ever or, you know, change the sound forever and ever and ever. So I'm always trying to find those. So, like, some of the big ones I've found have been, like, um, uh, Harvest by Neil Young. It's, like, one of his staple albums. 
So, but I found a ton of them. It's just like the first one that, that came to mind. And of course, I also try to find the ones that were influential to me, like growing up or influential to me now. So, like one time, I found a George Stray record, the um, the Cowboy Rides Away record. The what's the one? It's I think it's just called um, Fort Worth ever. Does Fort Worth ever cross your mind? Mm-hmm. I think that's the name of the record. And then uh, so I found that one day, and that was fucking awesome. So that was a good day. But yeah, someone therapeutic about that. Whether it's at a local record shop or like Barnes and Noble looking for new shit, like something about that is just awesome to me. Yeah, I've been I've been to one record shop with you, and even even for me, like that was super cool. I found some neat little treasures, mm-hmm. and it was just so so like like you guys say, it was so therapeutic just being there, looking through, sifting through all the 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 the, the bins and all the records. And then when you get to the old ones, you know, yeah. the classics, and I don't know, I, I can't, I don't want to name one because there's like a ton of that we could just go off of, but when you find those, like, oh, I forgot about this record. Oh, oh man, there's a, this record's in vinyl. I've only, I've only heard it on the radio or on Spotify, <laughs> you know, and there's vinyl that, right. you know, the dimensions of vinyls, like, you know, to infinity. <laughs> it's yeah. infinite. Never thought I'd be an audiophile, but yeah, it just sounds better. <laughs> For whatever reasons, maybe because everyone says it sounds better, that's why I think it sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. But well that, well, that time you were talking about that you were there with, uh, with me at that record shop. That time I'd found Shotgun Willie, which is like my favorite <laughs> Willie Nelson record of all time. Such a badass record. It's the best Hangover record ever. <laughs> if you're hungover, you need to listen to Shotgun Willie. Or if it's Sunday morning and you didn't get enough sleep, you need to listen to Shotgun Willie. Nice. Like it's it's just such a badass record, and then uh, also the birds, sweetheart of the rodeo, and I was really proud um, to find that one because I had almost gotten it at Barnes and Noble, um, remastered and you know reissued and shit, so like yeah. brand new, you know the seal hasn't been broken yet, and I I don't like buying stuff brand new if I can find the the actual old like first edition, second edition or third print copy or whatever. I want I want to buy that. I don't want to buy it brand new. <laughs> so I was really psyched to find that record used. Super psyched. Nice. I can I can kind of relate. That fuzziness. Mhm. The white noise. <laughs> when you hear when you hear the room. Yeah. Mhm. Oh man. Andy. Uh, I I it's taking both of you guys to talk to for me to decide cuz at first I thought instantly I thought it was jujitsu. But it's not jujitsu. Because jujitsu teaches me to, of course, one, learn how to defend myself, but also to realize, like, just be aware of your surroundings at all times, no matter what. That's that's what jujitsu does for me. So it's it's not a hobby. It's I go train, and that's why I I think I use the term train now more often than I used to, because when I think of what I'm doing, even at the gym that you know we're at, you know that even mm-hmm. Brian's a part of. Um, when I go there and I'm punching bags, I'm going there with intent to train because you never know who's – you just never know. And, like, if I'm there with you guys, you know, I know at least if I see something that might happen, you know, to you guys, like, I know what exactly what I'm going to do at the, my first – you know, my first instinct, and that's right. what I work on. So I have to say my hobby is working at that gym now huh. because – Give, like I said, I got my blood work done today, so I got no results and whatnot. And I'm, I'm starting this detox experimentation. And I call it experimentation because you can find this <laughs> video on YouTube. That's, that's all I did. All I want to do is test to see if it works. And based on my results, it's actually, hopefully it's going to work. Like, hopefully it's going to alter, like, what my results say. 
so it, it just happened to it just happened to work out um the way you know up, up leading up to tonight but like today my question for everybody was um how often do you get your blood drawn and and i try to ease of course hey how's it doing how's it going you know the real introductory like hi, hello and then from there uh, workouts and whatnot, but then I had a I had a few clients say, "Hey, what's in your what's in your gallon of water?" Because they know I take a gallon of water to work, but it's usually clear. Well, today it wasn't clear. It had like you know it had stuff in it. I have like little two little tea bags too, and I was like, "Oh, it's this t- detox thing that I'm testing." And like, and one of one of the clients was uh, she said, "Well, give me the recipe so I can do it." And I was like, "No, like I'm not gonna do that yet." And she's like, "Oh, fine, and don't share your secrets." I was like, "No, go go to YouTube. Like I found this on YouTube. Like if you want to try it." I'm like, but I'm not a doctor. I can't recommend this to you, for one. I'm like, for two, based on, like, the stuff in there, you need to get your blood work. On. Like, you need to get it checked to see, to make sure it's not going to affect you. Because it can go one way, it could go one way or the other. Because, like, the particular tea, but it's dandelion, root, and leaves. That's the tea that I have in there. And that one is, like, <laughs> most of the teas, because of the caffeine stuff, like, if you have heart problems or, like, anything like that, you know, it doesn't. it's not recommended because of the caffeine. Well, this one doesn't have caffeine, but... If you have, if you're in risk of diabetes, heart problems, and different uh, and some other conditions, don't take the tea. So like it's very it, that it's very specific for this for this case. Right. So that's like so after that one conversation, I then brought up okay, that's where I that's where I try to segue with everybody or at least as many as I could. Like okay, how often do you get your blood checked? Because I feel like I don't know whoever has me on Snapchat. I know you guys have me on Snapchat, but this morning I posted you know check your blood more often than you get your car checked. That's a, and that's the thing I learned from Tim Ferriss because that's, the cliche is you only get one, a car you can get another car. If you need, mm-hmm. if you need, if you if you're desperate for need, for a ride to work, now there's a bus system, the tr- Valley Transit. Right. Now there's that. Uh, there's I mean taxi. I mean if you have I mean if you need to get to work, you need to get to work. Right. Maybe a friend buy a cheap car. You know if 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 you need <laughs> absolutely need a car right now, get a vehicle that's gonna get you there. Find a way of transportation. Okay, so. So with that in mind, that that was kind of like my question of the day. So going back to the hobby thing, I enjoy doing that, and like I'm doing this experimentation on myself. Like, let's, uh, God forbid, something bad happen, but I'm willing to do that. Like it's it's very much a hobby. Like everything else that comes along with it, it's like oh, it's it's secondary to like testing. And then now if it works, I'm like hey, this combination works for me. It might work for you. It might not work for you because that that first client that I talked about this tea with. Um, She's like, well, what if it don't work for me? I'm like, well, it might not work for you. I'm like, if you're, bl- I mean, everybody's blood is different, right? right? So I'm like, naturally, it might not work for you anyways. So you need to test it out and then go from there. So <laughs> that's, and I think that's more of a, like, this week thing. Like, I, I developed that where, I know I told Brian, um, at some point yesterday, uh, when it was a few of us in the gym, mm-hmm. like for like 20 minutes, right? It was only a few of us. And that little group is like, we call it like the gym group. You know, it's, it's these, we're the ones who like we've hung out outside the gym, so we know each other better than like some of the other clients. But at some point, they were both going out about stupid pizza, and I was just <laughs> laughing. But I told them like, "You guys make my day." And I at that moment, I felt like that because it's like, man, you guys really like making me. You're making me laugh like really hard <laughs> in a gym that I usually wouldn't laugh. And like even you know trying to be. Uh, besides, I mean, it goes back to just being. Uh, human you know having emotion right. where like before you know because i'm i'm the only one who tucks in my shirt you know i go in with intent to have it make everybody or yeah make well, make everybody have a good workout like that's my job right but 
in the bigger picture, I, I that's super fun to me because that takes my mind outside away from music. So when I like I told Eddie and I told Andy, uh, when I come back to it on Wednesdays, it's like okay, Wednesday's this day. This is what I'm gonna do Wednesday, and my mm-hmm. my mind is ready and ready. You know, I'm set. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. So I have to say that the gym now is my hobby, and like like I said, everything else. Like I mean, I do get paid because I get, I got hired, and that that was like what it started with. But going to 2017 with the experimental stuff, uh, unconventional work, I'm yeah. definitely like. It's my and then the whole reason, really, I, I bring this up is because you were on the topic about, you know, not not doing music for the money or doing it for the money because you need a, you know, it's you want to make it a career and you you, you want to prolong this. But um, how a lot of people also say like, money money doesn't buy happiness, but it kind of actually does, because you know I asked you guys what makes you happy. And Andy Gonzalez said, you know, archery. Well, he needs money to buy, you know, bows, arrows. It's a very expensive hobby. Exactly. <laughs> so, sad. you know, and in that case, money buys you your happiness. Eddie, <coughs> I mean, you said even if you don't walk out with a record, but I'm pretty sure you're happier with a record in hand. Fuck yeah. So, you <laughs> see, your money buys you your records. And Andy, before you got hired at that gym. Right. You were you were spending money to go there yeah. and be happy. And to tie that in back to you, Brian, because you're going to be the last one to answer these, this question about hobbies, is you were the one who initiated signing up at the gym. Yeah. And I, I still remember, I remember that day clear. <laughs> I remember that day clear as day because I got my ass beat. And a lot of people yeah. will not sign up because they get their ass beat. I'm like, no, you sign up because you got your ass beat and you get better and you get in shape. It's like that thing that I shared with you guys, right? The nobody wants to start at the bottom because, or what was it? I don't remember. Nobody wants to start at the bottom because they w- they don't want to be seen at the bottom. Yeah, exactly. They only want to see be seen at the top, which <laughs> that's what social media is basically done for fucking everybody. But uh, but yes, but tying back to Brian, he's the reason why I started working out, and then from there went to Jocko, and then we went to Nashville, and that just opened up a whole freaking new dimension of things that go on in the world. And then going to this podcast now and then what we're talking about today. Um, definitely, yeah. So, yeah, without Brian, I wouldn't have then started even working out and getting my ass beat and realizing, hey, you know, get moving because, you know, you you, nev- you just never know what's going to happen. And then, you know, and like I said, like I said last podcast, you know, living healthy. You know, not just it being a diet. You know, a lot of people like – a lot of people look forward to their diet ending so they can eat bad again. Yeah. I don't I don't believe in diets probably because of that like mm-hmm. and you mentioned that uh, you yeah. mentioned it more or less like that and I I couldn't agree more cuz like when you said it the when you said it like that I was like that's so true like you know they they look for that ending it's like oh I'm off the diet so I can cheat today and then they go on, and then they're, they're in it 3 4 months then they happen <laughs> to get their blood checked and it's shitty and there you go you have to go back into a diet for another 3 months because you need to fix your blood I got to go do my juice cleanse <laughs> <laughs> oh god bless where do you find dandelion tea uh, I got this one at the HEB on 10th and Trenton. They have all the good that, stuff. That HEB has, like, everything. They actually have an organic section. Yeah. Oh, really? That yeah. I got organic cranberry from there. I got the lemons from there, and I got the <coughs> dandelion leaf root from there. You just told me the ingredients. I'm going to try it and kill myself. <laughs> you just told me your secrets. <sighs> okay, try it. <laughs> if Okay, well, I just really, I just revealed the ingredients. So if you do want to try it, it's a gallon of water, one tablespoon of lemon juice, fresh lemon juice, one tablespoon of cranberry juice, and then uh, two tea bags of the dandelion root leaf combination, right? Now, if you're gonna try this, micro dosing? No, not even that. No, it's a gallon a day for 14 days. Ugh. You have to finish the water. <laughs> you, 
You have to finish the gallon of water a day. It's 14 days. It's only 14. That's the good thing about it. That's why it's easy for me to try it out because I can let you guys know ASAP. Sounds like a diet. <laughs> right. Well, okay. Well, I do I do have a goal with intent, right? But uh-huh. there's for me, there's a macro picture right to this. Right. Anyways, going back to the tea. If you try this, I do suggest you consult your doctor. I got at least my blood work, and I, I, I feel like I've read enough now where I can understand it, the basics. And like based on this, these results, I need to go actually talk to a doctor. So I'm gonna do that within the next couple of weeks because uh, I just need to make I need to make an appointment and whatever uh, with a new doctor. <clears throat> but anyways, going back to the tea, if you're gonna try it, do it with you willing to do it. Like don't I mean I don't this cannot this will not come back to me. This is I found this I found this on YouTube, so it's not like it's not out there for people to find. I'm like, but I suggest you get your blood work done, get it sent to your doctor. And nothing, I see, I see Andy's face kind of like, oh, my God. Like, he kind of kind of scared. And you should be. And I say you should be because this is your health. Yeah. And that's what I tie it back into is, like, I want everybody to be healthy. I want everybody to be – at least get on that path to to live like that. You know, I'm not saying go vegan or paleo or, you know, go even to ketosis. You know, don't – just, you know, live with moderation of everything, you know, in moderation of everything. I'm just thinking this whole time, like, I can't even finish a tube of toothpaste because I get tired of the flavor. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, like, I'll say it one more time. It's a gallon of water, one tablespoon of lemon juice, fresh squeezed lemon juice, two tablespoons of cranberry juice, organic, has to be fresh pressed, not ocean spray or any of that shit with with sugar. It's tart. It's it's a very sour tart. (laughs) Yeah. No, none of that. It's fresh pressed organic cranberry juice and then two tea bags of dandelion leaf root. I'm testing this. Today's my day one, so... In seven days, I hope to see results. I didn't weigh myself. All I did was take pictures. I want to see if it's a body comp thing or if it's a weight thing. If it's a weight thing, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in losing 10 more pounds or 15 more pounds. Brian, what is your hobby outside of business? Do you have Honestly, one outside of like business? Honestly, I, I feel like I, I might need help on this because as of late, and I, you guys will understand, if it just feels like my, my life has been a little bit consumed with work. Um, lately it's just been a lot of hours at the office, but, um, um, aside from that, what I've, I've kind of been getting into is, uh, just researching anything I can, I can really, um, get my, my hands and eyes and ears on regarding like e-commerce and, and just different other, like, like small business ventures, I suppose. Um, before I got into that, I was just, uh. Spending a lot of time with my friends and and socializing, I really enjoy being with my friends. Like regardless of what we're doing, like Andy and I, we we've been out shooting. Um, the gym that that we go to, I I I really enjoy that, and that's been going on for about a year. And as soon as I get out of work, I go straight to there, and that takes up like the majority of my day. So you know that the gym we go to, that that would be another hobby. Before that, I was doing a lot of bike riding out on uh you know on street trails or or out in off-roading trails um i haven't been doing this a lot lately but used to play my sax too so i really don't know if i have a set hobby other than i guess the gym now um but i would say anything anything business related really takes up most of my time just whether it's researching or kind of um diving into little commerce um experiments that's that's also taking a little bit of time. So any of those things, I guess, and uh, lately reading, 
Andy Andy has gotten me into like Tim Ferriss and Tools of Titans. So so reading that book has has taken up some time too. And I say like taking up some time, um, because my boss actually brought this up. And I don't quite agree with the wording, but he said that anything outside of work is a waste of time. So I agree that anything outside of work is time. You know, it's 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 time that that uh, you're not really obligated to do anything else, because mm-hmm. you know work. That's how you make your money. That's how you make your living. So whatever whatever your, the industry is, whatever your occupation is, that is obligatory time. So anything outside of that. It's a waste. It's an investment. It's spare time. Whatever you want to call it. So you do with it what what you wish. It makes no difference, cause you know, <coughs> once you're out of work, everything else is is, is free game. So, um, right. so yeah. Um, outside of work, I I, <laughs> it's it's all, whatever I want to do. And um, really, that's what it's been. Like right. if if I put it in like basic terms. My hobbies are doing whatever the heck I want um, because whatever that is at the time right. makes me happy. I hate to sound so random and so kind of disorganized with my thoughts on this, but it just makes me happy, you know, whatever I'm doing at the time. One thing I'm going to I'm gonna read this. I got I got this from Gary Vaynerchuk. I think that's how he pronounced his last that name. That guy's a trip. <laughs> he, he is. He's a very interesting character, but, like, his his he's very unique in a – in a good way, I think, in a good way. Yeah. Um, he put, and this is where I connect with your boss, because your boss is not a millennial, right? Like, he's over 35? Yeah, definitely. Okay, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, because millennials is 19 to 35. That's all, that's all I'm trying to clarify, is that the millennial cate- category is age 19 to 35. So, Gary says, everybody talks about the work-life balance of millennials. Millennials are working harder than we did. Our world ended at 6 p.m. We went home. Millennials are working at 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 9 p.m. And that just goes back to like you know after work like maybe him like after work he goes home and that's it he's ge- he's just waiting for the next day, where like <laughs> I mean even this podcast it's not a it's not work but it's something that we're doing you know we're trying to keep it consistent and doing weekly, but you know it, it's done with intent still you know like these conversations that we're having so that people can out, go out and hear and hopefully use some of these things develop their own that they then go on and use for themselves you know all those different things that I know this podcast is directed to. Um, but yeah, that's what I connected when you said that about your boss saying like, if it's, if it's not work, it's a waste of time. It's like, well, what if you just keep working, but you're working at different things that then help you just keep going. Yeah. So it's like for me, I'll use me as an example, just because I'm substituting whenever I want. <laughs> I make that schedule. I, the gym, I work almost whenever I want. Everything revolves around music. Cause that's my career choice. Right. Mm-hmm. From there is the podcast. From there is jujitsu. And those are five different just things that I'm doing. But every single thing makes me not get tired of it. That makes sense? Like, because I'm doing four other things, jujitsu doesn't get tiring. Because of the four other things, music's not getting tiring. Because of the four other things, substituting's enjoyable. Because of the four other things, training is enjoyable. And I consider that my hobby. You know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I know that helps me not get bored with it. Or not lose uh, the want to just do something better with that whether it's music or you know whatever i'm doing but uh that's the way i connect that yeah and i guess in in the grand scheme of things um i also want to say that it's important to find a hobby so that you don't burn out in whatever you're focusing on i think that's super important otherwise like 
you're probably really really are wasting your time. Yeah, because you've you're not gonna you're gonna be too burnt out to enjoy that free time mm-hmm. to do anything. But if you can get your mind off of it, like you know, like Andy Gonzalez said, when he's when he's got that string drawn back, and you know, it's really like therapeutic. And Eddie, looking through records is therapeutic. You need to find that <coughs> that happy place, I suppose you could say. Mm-hmm. And whatever it may be, just don't focus too much on on one certain aspect of your life. My do you, think, oh, go ahead. do you think maybe your boss thinks that way because he's the boss and his life pretty much revolves around his job? And at, something really, really funny about that. Um, I, I really don't know. I know why he said it at the moment. Um, we were talking about how he recently started, I guess you could call it collecting Blu-rays. That's a <laughs> waste a, of time. <laughs> and that's why he brought it up. He's like, yeah, I used to buy movies all the time and I had so many and this and that, but it's such a waste of time. And yeah, and I was like, oh, sorry. Right. But he said, he said, but really when you think about it, anything outside of work is a waste of time. So why not do with it what you wish? And it's important because what he does after work, he's currently building a house and like he's like the contractor. Oh, he wow. got different people to come build the house for him he's gonna live in it for two years to make it his primary residence and after that he's gonna sell it for a profit he's gonna live in it for two years uh, to follow some type of tax tax uh, law loophole deal mm-hmm. so it's interesting that he said that um and what andy said about maybe his day ending at 6 p.m or whatever but it doesn't like this guy well that's interesting okay well i guess we didn't have so that as, we didn't have that as part of context no so i know that's, and, that's why i was like i didn't i mean that's interesting it, it didn't have to be it wasn't relevant really but um but yeah like this guy isn't like you know his job isn't the only thing he does i guess i guess for him it's just the, the way he's like the, you didn't agree with the, his wording yeah not that's, the wording. It, and that's interesting he uses it like that because it seemed like he, he could say <coughs> something just better i don't i can't think of Ma- and oh, maybe God. and really i think the way why he worded it that way was because he was there once and maybe he felt that at some point it was a waste of time so when he heard me say that it was like and it, it's interesting that i collect blu-rays because i hate re-watching movies <laughs> yet i'm buying all these movies to like watch someday when i have the time because even point. then i don't watch them now right 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 but it's just that power like i can watch yeah. that movie whenever i want yeah exactly and like, I mean, do you like historic movies, like like or movies of significance to you anyway? Well, lately, like, what it's been, it's a lot of like uh, the the superhero movies, a lot okay. of the Marvel movies. That's what that's lately what I've been buying. But other than that, I I really enjoy buying and watching movies that kind of make you think. Those type of movies that you might have to watch like, you know, two or three times to really get get a grasp on on things. I have to watch Christopher Nolan movies like two or three times just to understand the yeah. fucking movie, <laughs> like yeah. as a whole. He's so complicated. Yeah, at least and for me. And uh, I think Chris Nolan works a lot with Hans Zimmerman mm-hmm. for his soundtracks. Wait, Zimmerman is it Hans Zimmer? It might be Zimmer yeah. actually. Sorry, I I read I listen to his music more than I read his name. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of his music, like while I'm working. Oh man, some. Really good stuff. I like it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I think they make a good combination. Right? Yeah. Uh, Hans Zimmer's been doing some really good stuff for the past um, past several years. Yeah. With with Interstellar, they used, like, this huge, like, church organ. And yes. they recorded in the church. Nice. 
and uh, yeah, and they found this one guy who who I guess I don't know if he's really familiar with that organ or organs in general, but he really helped with like finding the right sound because there's different. I guess you can like mix uh, the sounds from different pipes to create like a, a certain tone pitch. Yeah, and it was like uh, like that that organ I think really <coughs> makes the the soundtrack. Like it, it gives it like that je ne sais quoi. Yeah. You know? Nice. Going back on that French. Oh yeah, that <laughs> means I don't know what. <laughs> uh and a lot of that church organ sound is just like a big open C chord. Um I know cuz one day I came back from from teaching lessons and my brother was sitting at the piano there at home. Well, by piano, I mean the the keyboard. So he's messing with all the sounds, and he's got this church organ sound going, and he's just doing that that um, that interstellar thing. That's just that open C chord, and he's like, he's like um, I think it's just like C and E, just back and forth, yeah. back and forth, for a while. And I was like, oh shit, you sound like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we sound like Matthew McConaughey riding in a spaceship. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then he told me that he was actually looking at the the interstellar music, and that's yeah. pretty much what it was. So I was like, oh, that's pretty badass. I like getting on those and uh, finding the the male like um, choir setting and try to figure out the Halo theme song. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And that's how I spend my time. <laughs> I <laughs> really, I waste, I waste my time. I'd like to meet your boss. <laughs> I want to get into this. This is uh, I, I found some questions that I wrote down recently <coughs> during one of my subbing uh, adventures. It says, describe something fun you have always wanted to do but have not done yet. Why haven't you done it? Mm. Shit. So many things come to mind. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. I think that's the sad realization that you're trying to get me to have there. <laughs> oh, man. Continue. Man. Well, for one, I mean, this is kind of, it feels kind of superficial to say, but I really want to go back to Las Vegas and gamble and actually have adult fun in Las Vegas. You know, responsible adult fun within reason. Nah, nah. we're poor. <laughs> who are we kidding? But uh, <laughs> who am I kidding? Because the last time, well, the only time I ever went to Las Vegas <laughs> was when I was young. I was like 11 or 12 years old, maybe. Mm. So we did all the family fun stuff. Like we went to Circus Circus where they have that theme park or right, the, right. the amusement park mm -hmm. and shit. Mm -hmm. And we did that and we did like magic shows and, and you know, some cocaine and shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really want to go back and just have some adult fun. I also really want to go back to New York City because uh, similar to Vegas, I only went when I was, you know, younger. I think I went, we went to New York City when I was 14 or 15. Mm. So a uh, freshman, sophomore year of high school, around there. And we did all the touristy shit. Like, we did the Statue of Liberty tour, and we did the um, um, whatever else touristy is, you know, touristy shit you do in New York City. Times um, Square. Yeah, Times Square, and um, the uh, the double-decker bus rides and all that mm. shit, where the tour guide's just really not happy that you're there. <laughs> Take a picture with Elmo? Uh, Took a picture with the, the Statue of, of uh, Liberty. Like the real one or like a no, person like dressed? No, like a person <laughs> dressed. <as a> that <laughs> doesn't count. Yeah. Now, we have a little picture that hangs on the fridge where uh, where Justin is uh, like has the American flag as a do-rag around his head. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> the Statue of Liberty person 
put it there around his head as a do rag, and then they took a picture. It's cute as shit. That's super nice. cool. But yeah. Anyway, I guess overall, the uh, overarching sense that I'm feeling here from my little bits is that I really just want to travel. You for know, fun. For fun. Yeah, not for a gig or not for you know what a uh, business or whatever other reason. Like I really just want to travel for fun and do real shit, like local shit. Like, shit that's local to that place that I'm traveling to. And not the touristy stuff, or, or not what's recommended, no franchise restaurants, you know, <laughs> no Chili's, no McDonald's, none of that shit. Like, just really travel and experience another place in the most genuine regard. Sir? Yeah. Good. Andy? Seeming Gonzo? now that you're older, and you don't know if you're wiser, you want to go yeah. back and do that? <laughs> <laughs> For everyone listening, he's referencing a new song that's coming up on the album, so he's 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 mocking my material. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to that song like three times a day, dude. That's my favorite song. Really? Yeah, no Shit. joke. It's gonna be an awesome record. Or it's it's a good. It's already done when we've heard it, but for hopefully when everybody hears it, you know, it has the same effect. Because like, and he listens to it, you know, that particular song one, you know, three times a day or whatever. And I have my gold golden nuggets too that I like to listen to, and just. I can't wait till it comes out, and I know we're we're excited to. Well, actually, we're excited to play. I know Josh Turner's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, we'll be playing just about every song off of there, mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's gonna be awesome. You worked mad hard on it. <laughs> I worked mad hard on this album, <laughs> in my Bronx accent. Andy, uh, a vacation. <laughs> let's, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Yeah, a vacation that. Or some something fun that you want to do you've never done and why haven't you done it yet? Any like anywhere anything? It's any? just, just something fun. It doesn't even have to be. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't even have to be a vacation. Just something Whatever fun. Whatever makes your heart happy. Or something that maybe you think would and you haven't tried it yet and why haven't tried to at least find out. Um. Honestly, just off the top of my head, I would think uh, going deep sea fishing. Mm. Just. You know, um, that's, I have this, like, kind of small, like, obsession with the ocean and, like, uh, marine life, pretty much. Because, like, the thing that I love most about fishing is that you're pretty much reaching into something, like, you're reaching into their environment and, like, offering it, like, food. And you're pulling it out and you're like, hey, look at this thing. And then you can either throw it back and let it live or if it's, like, legal and everything, you can keep it. Right. And it's just, like, there's so much that you don't know about the ocean that I just want to figure out. And I guess that's, like, <coughs> like, yeah, like, just deep-sea fishing would like be, your like, main one, wow. Your main one right now? Yeah. Very cool. I think so. I mean, I went hunting this past season and saw, like, a bunch of snakes and stuff, but no deer. No deer this season. Maybe next, maybe this coming year. Hopefully. Soon deer. Coming up. Brian? For me, I think right before or at the same time that Eddie gave his answer, I, I realized the same thing, that I want to do so many different things that involve traveling. So, like, I wanna, I've want never been snowboarding, so I want to go snowboarding. Same. I want to go, like, uh, mountain biking in, like, a canyon type <laughs> of environment. Um, I want to, like, see different places and different people, you know, like, and experience like the local stuff. Like I was, I was very thankful. I went to New York in September, and I did one day of touristy things. The rest was all like local stuff, and you know, local restaurants. I got to got a tour of like Queens and and Brooklyn and stuff like that. So 
it was it was it was cool and really all the things that I think are fun that I haven't done involve traveling. And really I haven't done it because I have this uh I have this kind of like hate I won't say love hate I just have this hate relationship where <coughs> I I don't I haven't made the time to do things. And the main reason why I haven't made the time is because I need to work to make money and I need money to do the things I want to do. So eventually when I get to the point where I can take you know, extended time off of my, my main job, um, to travel and, you know, make that money to, to afford these these uh these travels. That's when I'll do it. Andy. You guys you guys have talked about traveling, talked about fishing. My initial thought is something that's a career it takes I mean it's gonna take time to get there because I'm already on that path of where I wanna go. But I don't want to go into careers because I want I for me something fun. While it should be you know your career too, um, for me, it would have to be like honestly us four like going like to Tahoe or something. And like over there is, we had we did do uh, kayaking, and then got to climb a little bit you know go into like the mountains and stuff. Yeah. Um, that stuff over there is just incredible. Like if when I retire I I will probably move to Tahoe. Yeah, something fun. It have to go go do that that type of adventure, where <coughs> you don't get you don't get cell phone service. You have to wait to get back to the hotel for Wi-Fi and then <laughs> post your pictures. I want to change my answer. Go, <laughs> go. I like, want to travel you, too. No, I mean, no. Honestly, like um, like I would love to travel without a purpose. Ooh, that's interesting. Because like, I think like our traveling, it being with purpose, with like you know. But that's interesting. Because, like, the, the band that I played with before Eddie, we mm-hmm. we played out of town a lot. And um, we traveled quite a bit. And uh, we did touristy stuff, kind of. Um, the guy that was running the band was kind of... Uh, a touristy person? Exactly. And he... he did was, he have a he fanny pack? Hashtag pro. Um, <laughs> like, um, yeah, it was like we... We would go to Lubbock, and we would have to go like to this place and this place, because that's what Lubbock was known for. But I would love to go to like, um, like just name it off the like random place. Like, I would love to go to the hill country, and just uh, like just drive and mm-hmm. like, oh, this place looks interesting. Let's pull over here and yeah. you know, me and my dad did that once. My graduation present was actually a a trip to a Cowboys dance hall. To go mm. see Bart Crow. Mm. Nice. And uh, we woke up after the Bart Crow concert, um, and my dad was like, hey, Randy Rogers is playing in New Braunfels. Let's go. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. And then we traveled the hill country, went to Lukenbach and stuff, and uh, like one of those like stop on the side of the road type deals, we bought blueberries, like fresh blueberries, and munched and got sick off of it because, <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to eat warm <laughs> blueberries. <laughs> it's warm, it's hard. Might not be a good idea. Oh, man. But yeah, traveling without a purpose. Like, you know, deep sea fishing is kind of eh. Now <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. about it. Right, right. I mean, I would love to do it, but, that. like, um, I guess mine was a little too specific. And just, it's fair. you know. I know uh, the without a purpose, I guess I have kind of the same thing, but in a in a location, uh, Europe. The train, the whole, through yeah, Europe. backpacking through Europe. It's a lot. It's I feel it's pretty easy to go to do that <laughs> over there. Like just get the main thing. The main expense is just getting over there. Once you're there, like I think it's pretty easy to backpack mm-hmm. through Europe. And I for, I foresee that it's just 
the hustle right now, which is okay because I I don't mind hustling right now. Like I, like we went back to last last podcast where I said you know reality is awesome. It's it's amazing. So yeah. So either way, wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing, I'm usually in it with my whole heart because I wouldn't now where I'm at now in my life. Uh, I'm very picky about that stuff. I and like I that you, I like that you say that because <coughs> as of lately I've kind of been embracing this whole if it's not a hell yeah don't do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're not going to do something wholeheartedly, why would you put the time and effort into it? Yeah. Do you know people that are like that that only use half their heart or a fraction of their heart? Um I mean I, I don't know for sure, but sometimes it sure it sure seems <coughs> like it. It sure seems like people do things just just because like with no real um, interest or, or, or I don't want to say passion because that feels like, you know, you can't be passionate about everything you do. But um, I, I do I do think that there are a lot of people out there who don't do things wholeheartedly. And, I mean, I kind of don't get it. I don't know why, but I have met some of those people. Mm-hmm. So it is out there. Yeah, I guess going deeper into the people who don't, the people who... Because we, we've already established that, okay, in order to get some places, sometimes you, sometimes you have to work where you don't want to work, right? Sometimes. <coughs> but that should only be for, like, X amount, not forever. You know, when, like, those people who make it, like, a 20, 30-year career, and they hate, or they're, or they're complaining about it. Now, now while there's maybe some, maybe some unforeseen things happen that you, that you complain that day, but if it's a constant thing that you're looking for, you're looking forward to Friday, or... And I, this might give a good example, but if you're looking forward just to the summer, like, why are you waiting to the summer to look forward to something? Now, we've talked about Tim Ferriss. We talked about, you know, having extended vacations twice a year, right, every six months. That's good. You look forward to that specific moment. But when you're constantly like, oh, it's Friday. I can't wait till Friday. I can't wait till Friday. I can't wait till Friday. And, oh, it's Sunday again. Oh, I have to go back to work tomorrow. Yeah, like, <laughs> you have to go back to work tomorrow. Right. Now, if you're like that for 20, 30 years – how why do you make yourself suffer to that and i hope like people like our age like you know 25 you know year 25 year old millennials that are out right now um i do hope they take that into consideration because imagine yourself in 20 years you'll be 45 (laughs) and you're gonna still be looking forward to the summer only oh i can't wait till christmas break oh we had the monday after the super bowl off off (laughs) which is bullshit though you now it's one thing. Oh, I can't wait till my daughter's birthday. I can't wait till my son's birthday. That's different. Mm. I can't wait till, my, in my case, my cousin. I can't wait till his first baseball game. I'm super stoked for his first baseball game. Right. That's something to look forward to. I kind of want to go to that. We'll go. I'll let. You, I'll, I'll get the. I'll get the schedule. Well, as soon as I get the schedule, yeah, definitely down. I'll get but, his ticks. <laughs> I got the hookup. Hashtag. <laughs> but uh, that's those are the people that I know. I would hope don't get into that trap for themselves. Not for anybody else. I mean, you complain on social media, you complain to the people you know, that you know and are your friends or acquaintances, whatever, and what does it help? And, like, I, I, I don't like how cliche it sounds, but that's what it is. And that's how I feel about it. Because I know, like, I've been playing music for five years. Like, I'm foreseeing the next 15 years playing music. And along with it, who, now that I'm experimenting with all this drinks and stupid shit that I'm looking finding on YouTube, like who knows what's gonna happen next? I don't know, and that's all. Awesome. I think that's another element that I find really awesome is that not knowing what an, like I started with the health thing, 
and as the the deeper I dive, the less I know. You're like diving into experimentation without a purpose. Yeah. I, I think I've sort of been doing that in a sense. You talked about Europe earlier. I've been trying to picture myself living in like Spain um, and not having like a nine to five, mm-hmm. which I, I don't know how I'll get there, but I think it sounds interesting. Have a bunch of part time jobs. And and that like just kind of <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, just minus the music, minus the music. <laughs> yeah, everything and, and else. That I think takes about my time. it, and I'm like, damn it, that'd be super cool. I can say things like, like uh, Barcelona and Benicio. <laughs> yeah, I want to say one quick story. Uh, this was a a gentleman who uh, let me interview him. He's a lawyer here in the valley. He's a real estate lawyer. But I had a project due for a class. Uh, that it was a leadership <laughs> class, and for. When I got to interview him, we had to do an interview, and then I got then that was like the final pr- presentation, right, for the end of the pr- for the end of the school year, end of the semester, sorry. So at some point, I get into how was your, like your college to because he was in the, he was in the navy, so I knew that, so I asked him, okay, during your call, and he went to college, so I'm like during your college and like navy time of like when you were living, like how was that, and the main thing he talked about was when he finished the navy. He backpacked in Europe. And I think, but even by this point, me and Brian had already like we've already been like scamming this this topic like several like over the past several years, at least since we graduated high school. But when he said, "Oh yeah," like he spent a couple months in Portugal, he spent a couple months in Spain, he went to France. You know, he did all this stuff in the span of like eight months. And like he made it because he said <laughs> all I, all I did was he he was at an airport here in the United States. He got leave from the Navy, so then he's like, well, "What am I do?" And he got an airport. He got an airplane. And didn't turn around. Didn't turn back. He just went. And he got to actually backpack through like Europe, right? And that story, it's 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 incredible. Like I don't know, it just goes back to everything that we've been talking about, where it's like <sighs> doing that. Why why are you gonna put yourself in? Maybe like I said, maybe some maybe you go into something that you thought you're gonna like and you end up not liking it. But for the most part, you can still navigate your way through everything. I think what it's gonna come down to. Like, for example, I think when you told me, when you first told me that story, he did, like, like little, like, carpentry or plumbing jobs, stuff like that. I think what it's going to come down to in our generation, if we wanted to do that, is, like, hey, let me take some pictures or some video with my drone or let me set up your social media page for your business. Like, I think it's still very doable. It's just a different a different platform that we're on now, like, you know, a different set of skills that, that are required. Because I, I, I really don't think that any of us are very skilled in plumbing or carpentry to make our way through yeah. Europe. And I don't know that that they would need that, those type of jobs. Now, now right. like from somebody, you know, people from, you know, guys from the U.S. backpacking their way through Europe. I don't think they'd need that or maybe we don't want that. Right. But, you know, maybe it's a different set of skills that will get us to backpack through Europe. Man, reminds me all a lot of the current book I'm reading now, which is Ernest Hemingway's A Farewell to Arms. And the main character in the book, this is like World War One setting, the main character in the book is from Pittsburgh, and he travels to Europe to go like travel around Italy. Mm-hmm. And so the way he accomplishes you know, paying for all of that is he's an ambulance driver for the Italian army. Dang. Nice. Yeah. So like, he goes on leave um, from you know, driving his ambulance or whatever, and he gets a little break. And then he just travels city to city in Italy and gets drunk and fucks chicks and gets drunk and repeat. The, like, the carpentry plumbing thing, because that's what this, this gentleman that I got to interview, like, he he, pl- he did plumbing, he did carpentry, he helped, 
he did the oddest jobs and that's what got his pay to travel through Europe, right? But you're saying, you know, using what we have now, you know, e- maybe e-commerce, setting up some, some, setting up some type of business yeah. for them. And then they, you know, you get some type of like, you know, mo- you know, uh, right. return on that. You get compensated. Um, right, right. You can compensate for your work. <coughs> That's very interesting because I, I didn't think about it like that. And I think, I think that, that'd be a way to definitely do, to just, now, now it's kind of put it into, yeah. into your situation. Yeah. 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 I, I, I just, I never thought about it and you put it together right away so it, it wasn't that hard to like, yeah, that, that, that could be it, you know, uh, going up to a business and say, hey, do you need, you know, do you need help with, I'll set up your Instagram or, yeah. I'll set up your Facebook Right. And like, well, one thing I do, I will go back to is like, cause I don't know. I mean, I've never been over there, so I don't know how, I mean, the, all these countries are mostly developed, but imagine for the ones that aren't like, they still will need plumbers. They still will need carpenters. They still yeah. need a lot of the basic necessities and that we take probably, for granted every single day. It would probably be even <coughs> a more fun experience to go to the less developed, like not the huge touristy big cities, yeah. you know, go off to go off the grid a little bit yeah. and see, see what you can do. What was one moment or one new thing that you guys uh, joined or did or maybe try something new when you got something way more out of it than you thought? Or you expected you got something more out of it than you expected? Yeah, so uh, when I was in college, I was a part of this thing called Student Justice uh, there at Belmont University. And basically what that is, it's like this group of 15 students that, like, you know, you apply and then you go through that process and then you get selected from that and, and chosen to be part of the group if they, I guess, um, like, you know, think you're fit for the group. So basically what it is is the bad students, well, I guess not the bad students, but the students, you know, who break the rules and kind of fuck up and are on the verge of, you know, being suspended or expelled um, go to that board of their peers and present their case and, you know, just kind of go through the motions of that. And then the, the board of students, the student justice board, um, you know, basically makes the decision to be like, yeah, you need to be suspended for this long or expelled or like put on probation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of just fell into that super randomly because one of my roommates from freshman year was going to do it and uh, or going to apply to it. And so I was like, ah, fuck it. You know what? I'll apply with you, whatever. Just kind of just going with the flow of things. So just did it, and we both got accepted, and we both fell into it. And it was something I actually just really enjoyed doing a lot. Not that I enjoy, like, suspending students or expelling students or whatever, but it was nice to just serve the the community in that way and the university in that way. Because it wasn't like students were coming in for, you know, having, you know, know, resin in their fucking... um, what do you call it in, in their dorm? bowls oh, or whatever, okay, right, right, right. you know, like, like little like marijuana resin in their bowls or whatever. And then we come in and be the bad guys and be like, Oh, you got like, you know, drug residue and you got to leave. Like it wasn't like anything that we were coming down super harsh on, I guess, you know, it was just kind of what was expected, you know? So, I mean, okay. What was it like? Give an example of that. Like what was expected? Give a, I guess a scenario of a, of a disciplinary action you have to do or a reason to give disciplinary action. Well, it was really, um, for suspension and expulsion, it was really just egregious things. Like, um, for example, one time we decided unanimously to (laughs) expel a student because she had, um, like, a shit ton of marijuana in her room. And when I say a shit ton, I mean, like, pillows. Like, a lot. 
So we, we basically figured, like, okay, that's a lot of marijuana. That's definitely not personal use. That's, like, some intent to distribute. And she had some, you know, some little Ziploc baggies and some little pill canisters that she was kind of putting them in. So, you know, one thing adds up. And then on top of that, she's, like, trying to lie about everything, you know. She's, uh, yeah, it's just medicinal. Or, you know, you have, like, literally pillowcases of pot. Damn. And that's all for your personal use? <coughs> like, come on, man. Right, right, yeah. You know? And then you got the baggies and the pill canisters and all that shit. And come on, you're distributing on campus or you're distributing somewhere, you know? So any, anything egregious like that, we were, you know, pretty much the ones responsible for you know, suspending those students or expelling those students or, or making the right call, the right disciplinary call, so that not only could the university benefit from it, but also that student themselves, even kind of more importantly, would benefit from that. So if a student had to be placed on academic probation or um, um, institutional probation or whatever for kind of a small violation, but still one that called for that where – Maybe they had a trace amount of marijuana, or maybe they had a trace amount of something, or maybe they, you know, cheated on an exam and got caught or some shit. You know, so we just had to step in that role and do some kind of discipline so that they could have some time and a moment, uh, you know, to, to reflect and, and learn from their mistakes, hopefully, right. and move on from it and become better students and overall better people. Fair. And then the university benefits from that as well. So that's something I just fell into again super randomly that I got super involved in, and I did it all the way up until I graduated. And, and you started okay. You started your freshman year, like you like right away, or so, well, like sophomore year. You can't do it as a freshman. You okay. apply after freshman year. Mm, okay. Um, that's the soonest you can apply. So I started sophomore year, and I did it junior <laughs> year, and I did it senior year too. Three four and years. I, yeah, and I told myself senior year I was actually going to quit because I really wanted to focus on music, but it was just something I enjoyed doing so much that I was like. I don't think I could get away from it. Like right. I, I love serving the community. I was like, it's, it's a good side yeah. thing that that's cool. That that that's not a good example of yeah. uh, getting something more than you anticipated, maybe or expected. Um, I don't know if this would answer your question, but uh, that point when I left the band that me and you were playing with, okay, and then I went into the band that I played with afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, that I kind of got more than I like had wanted. Because originally I was supposed to help them out for like one or two shows. Right. And eventually that ended up being the band that I had my biggest growth like in because of all the connections that I made, all the like all the stuff that I learned from actually being on the road and traveling and everything. Right. And like I was supposed to help them at some random show, like not even hey, there's there happens to be a band playing here. You know? Got you. So um yeah, like I didn't expect to like, make the growth that I did from that. How long were you with that band? Or how long was it, you know? A year and a half, two year years, something half. like that, I think. And it was like, and for that year and a half, let's, let's, let's say it's a year and a half. But for that year and a half, like, you guys traveled quite a bit. Yeah, like, you guys were out and, you know, playing. And even here in the Valley, you guys are playing shows, you know, people, mm-hmm. you know. There was definitely a fire, you know, fire growing there. There's there's yeah. there's very strong embers that were. Uh, then there there was a know. lot of positive and negative, like, experiences that I learned from. Yeah. And I guess... That in that way, I got way more than I thought I would get. Gotcha. That's awesome. What's you, Brian? For me, <clears throat> it's it's interesting because I think my whole college experience <laughs> was something that I got more out of than I thought I would. 
um, and I, I guess it began with with uh, studying business. It taught me more about the real world than I think I could have learned studying something else. And actually today, I was walking in the hallway at work, and I started to think, like, I started to debate which one was more valuable, my college education or my college experience. Because mm. to me, they're, they're two different things and not that they're, you know, not, not that they're completely, you know, unrelated, that they're independent of each other. But really, my I feel like I, I learned a lot just by going to college and not just like the material that we learned, mm-hmm. not the education, but the experience of, of being there, you know, and, and right. being exposed to 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 all the ma- to all the <coughs> the different people with different thoughts and having to like go through it and and not be in like the public school system anymore not having you know all of these like safety nets i guess yeah, yeah. so i think in general my college experience was a little more than i got more than what i thought i would i like that you got something Eddie? no not really oh, i thought you were something cuz you had well your, your what i was really going to say was how about you your turn. I want to say, while one element was my college experience, but it's because Brian gave his, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a different one. Uh, mine is jujitsu, uh, and beyond the tr- okay, beyond the training and like the stuff that I'm actually learning and that I'm actually the stuff that I'm actually paying for. When I'm when I'm going at noon and I'm, I mean for one, our professor he's a he's a marine vet, so that's already like a big thing, uh, for me, because. Um, I definitely feel a certain vibe in the room when there's now 10 vets that have all been to a war country or war countries at some point in their lives. And the majority of them were like this current war, you know, the Iraq war, Afghanistan, um, now ISIS and all that, all that insurgency. So the example I'll give is uh, this one guy who's now pretty much my best friend in jiu-jitsu. Uh, at the beginning... He had this big old like w- metaphorical wall up, right? He 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 didn't he he definitely helped me, but his 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 character was really hostile and really firm because he didn't know me. So that that was understandable. I'm like, man, like I did hope that he wasn't like this forever though. Like, man, like I but I don't know what he's been through. So if he was forever, well then I guess so be it, right? I'm just, I mean, I'm I'm here to train anyways, right? So um but n- Eventually, it took about maybe about a month or so where he finally started saying, hey, man, like he, he was just his his demeanor changed and his character changed and everything. So in my case, it was developing this relationship with this guy who's now he's awesome. And then we got to that point where he was he was at a low at the end of the year and he's going through this stuff in his head. And 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 I, like I said, the first this last podcast actually was where like these guys, you know, they're. They talk about they do talk about their PTSD and that because that's what our professor like he's a marine vet so he he completely understands right so he's like the noon class is different because you these guys more come to decompress because half of the training that we're doing at least right now as beginners white as white belts they've done hand to hand in Iraq they've done they've at least gone through tactical training to go to overseas and whatnot you know so when Andy brought that up I'm like man that's so right and like I said I haven't, I haven't forgotten about it and. And now, like this guy, this particular guy who told me, who said the story out to every, to everybody, he's one of my best, my jujitsu best friends, like by by far from anybody. Everybody else is cool. You know, we're definitely tr- we definitely try to have the, you know, the teammate, the team atmosphere. You know, everybody's, you know, we're there to help each other, not hurt each other. You know, like 
that's why you go and do tournaments. And not necessarily to hurt each other, but you want to win, right? That's that's the goal to win the competition. But when you're in when you the coach has a lot of rules on, on the board actually. And you know, of course one of them is like, you know, leave your ego at the door. And like for me, like I know I definitely tell myself every single day, or like if I'm going to somewhere new, like, okay, watch watch what you say, watch what you do. But in this case, kind of knowing that these vets are there and you know, I already go quiet because I'm not I don't have that experience. I don't ha- I don't have anything to give on the table. And it and that's something that happened to me. Like I said, I, I go to train, but when I get when you have these little moments where these guys talk about their experience or whatever they're going through now because of that, because of being overseas for X amount. I mean, compared to Navy SEALs and like some of these special these SF SF guys where they're in, in country for maybe like six months, six to eight months, <laughs> where conventional, which Marines, Army, you know, the even the Navy, some of the Navy guys, they're out there for eighteen to twenty months. What I'm gonna tell this into is one time I remember this conversation that we also had. It was me, Eddie, and Andy that came. We were coming back from Ingleside, and we were talking about how um, we we're talking about common sense, mm-hmm. and how common sense is still has to be taught. And it gets me when people say, "Oh, it's common sense." I'm like, "Well, if your teacher didn't teach you what one plus one is, you wouldn't know it equals two." Without learning how to work it out and then getting the problem, right? There are several methods to find it out. Fine. But until that moment, it's not common sense. So to a child, you have to teach them what one plus one is. You talked about last week. What's two plus three? Four. No, it's five. Okay. That student had to be taught that. So tying back <laughs> into everything that I've been, you know, kind of going off here is, you know, being appreciative of all those things. Mm-hmm. Not so much... Uh, the physical things you can help, not the tangible things. Like Andy, like you, when you go to your girlfriend and you fish, I know you guys enjoy your time over there. Every, and that's why you go so often because for every two weeks that you guys go, that's your time away. And you guys, and besides it being a hobby, like also the relationship itself, yeah. it helps the relationship, right? Brian, now with the e-commerce, diving into that stuff. Eddie, with putting a lot of time into this new project that you're bringing out, this new record, like, if you can keep one element in mind whenever you're doing those things, to me, it makes you much sweeter. Good stuff. It's important to know the value of things, isn't it? It's, what from what I'm seeing from my chair, literally, and then like day to day, is seeing all the potential from everybody. And that gets me super hyped. Super hyped. Gonzo's getting better at drumming every fucking time we get together and it's like damn it like I tell Eddie I at least one time after practice whether Gonzo leaves first or whatever I'm like damn it like to me Gonzo did it again and then when when Eddie comes back with a new song even if it's two lines or whatever I'm like damn it Eddie's at it again I do that every time he comes up with a new song right okay holy shit here it comes my favorite song When you fo- when you're able to f- when you're able to use the dark to allow your reality to be good and that much more positive and spread that everything to me runs smooth. Silver linings. Going back to the whole uh, getting something more than you bargained for. Uh, when I met my girlfriend, I didn't expect to like fall into like 
this whole like world where I'm surrounded by that family setting. That's something that I, you know, I think that's why I had, that was the original statement that I had made that night, right? I think so. I was talking about how I didn't expect to have that family setting. And like, I'm actually having like, like growing up, my my family, like, I don't want to say it was a bad environment, but everyone just had their own stuff going on. Like my mom was trying to, yeah. (coughs) <coughs> sorry uh my mom was um trying to go to school online but she was also trying to reconnect with uh like some people from her past and mm. like she was busy a lot um yeah. my dad was working to support everybody everything yeah and um you know everybody was just busy in my house and like i guess that's why me and my brothers got into music so much is because that's something that we us three could have done. And you guys did. Oh, yeah. we Way too much. All about it. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> and so I, although I did have the cool, like, meeting, like, I met Les Lawless for the first time when I was, like, I don't know, like, 16. No. Who is the drummer for? Randy Rogers. Okay. Uh, um, no, I wasn't 16. Or wait, how old are you in your junior year? 16, 17. I okay, was. Well, I met somebody who I look up to like this day like that that dude is such a monster like freaking anywho yeah. <laughs> he's a great drummer yeah he's 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 solid like he's he's the kind of drummer that makes you like kind of move along with the music you know but um what well, what was I saying well how it ties well we're going back to uh not expect like a family with like. Uh, anywho, like even though I had all these high points in my, uh, like when I was younger, um, I didn't have the whole family environment thing, and like that uh, that honestly affected me, and now with this relationship that I'm in, like I'm surrounded by a family that I see every day, and like I spend most of my time there because I, in a way, I'm kind of experiencing what I missed out on. I think. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And like these past two Christmases, like I've had like the Christmas morning that I hadn't had since I was like you know, like single digit age. And it's a trip like <coughs> like I I love my family like to death, like, you know. Absolutely. They're um you know, they're blood, but like these are just people that I see like on a daily basis. And I don't know. That's something that I got that I didn't expect to. You, you got know. more than you bargained for. Yeah, exactly. It's good like stuff. It. It's like you've gotten to know them. They've gotten to know you. And then just out of that. I honestly feel like I've grown up so much in the past like year and a half because of that environment that I was like <coughs> exposed to. And, you know, it's it's pretty cool how... You know, you meet somebody and you don't expect all these, like, branches and everything, and you know? Yeah. Good stuff. It's so awesome. Because then that, now, <laughs> now, that you're, now that you're filling in these gaps, it helps you move forward. And exactly. Move, and keep, move, move forward to, like, new things, but also now that that's sealed up, like, you're just at peace in that element. Like in those things, like with those particular things that you maybe missed out on mm-hmm. that you got now. So at least you're able to fill in those holes. You're able to fill in those gaps. 
that's all that's and awesome i guess like in a, another way like um the way i grew up i was kind of scared to i guess have a family of my own mm. and now it's something that i look forward to and i would love to like do this with this person that i have in my life right now and yeah it's weird how that happens and you find things that you don't expect to find in places that you weren't really even looking. Right, right. Serendipity. Yeah. Like what I'm when like even playing with the artists that me and you were playing with. Yeah. I didn't, you know, first first practice I was like, oh, well, this kid's my age. He's playing music, and then look at us now. Just like playing with this kid right here. Playing with another kid who's <laughs> younger, <laughs> than, <laughs> younger than both of us. And even, even our bass player. Like he's yeah. he's a young kid. He's young and he's very green. So it, the cool thing about that, for those listening, like <coughs> you get a green person like that. And the way I see it from a bu- business perspective is, uh, get to we get to mold him. We yeah. get we get to be his sculptors. And with that, while it makes like of course the overall work better, like I hope that we put him in a good direction to where whatever he decides next, it you know it propels him to be a better player. And also a better person, you know, just, ha- but also having that camaraderie where, you know, he's, he enjoys coming to play with us, you know, not just for the sake of, uh, oh, it's a gig or it's another job or whatever, you know, yeah. uh, definitely feel that Gonzo. And I think it's like just the time of our, like our age right now, like everybody in our own age, like we're starting to do stuff by like on our own, like, you know, yeah. Brian has his job and. Like, Eddie's doing his thing, but, like, it's just, like, seeing our peers, like, actually becoming something. Getting to, we're, we're getting there, and we're now able, at least able to have a direction that we, we want to go in, mm-hmm. as opposed to before, we're, like, we weren't quite sure, maybe this way, maybe that way, <coughs> and now it's, like, okay, yeah, we're, we're going this other way. Everybody's starting to find their stride. <laughs> yeah. And, Everybody's yeah. taking their stride now, and it's it's pretty cool to see. I do agree. I do agree. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this much, Gonzo. Every time you bring up your relationship and, and how awesome it is, and I know how awesome it is because I, I've seen you two together, and it's badass. Social media. Um, I post a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and then when she comes to the show sometimes, and, and obviously, you know, um, in all that environment and stuff. But, like, man, when you talk about it, it makes me feel that much more single. And on that note, <laughs> I, need another, I need another swig of beer. Sorry. I got okay. I'm gonna. I like. I like that you brought this up because <laughs> this is something actually. Because every once in a while, I'll tune in to uh, the the local uh, Christian radio, right? Yeah. And like mo- throughout most of the day, they have music and like Chris August and some of these guys. They're great influences of mine, just musically and as human beings. Because they're to me, <laughs> I while I've never met them, to me their music speaks volumes and it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But uh, going beyond that, at Usually, I don't know if it's 8 or 9, but at this particular time, it was like 8.30. And at least on Mondays, because that's when I hear because I have this uh, church meeting that I have every Monday right now that's dealing with my cousin. So when I get out, I usually put on that station because I kind of just decompress and then, you know, come back to what I need to do here at home. But uh, this one particular time, this was like maybe two weeks ago, and they were bringing up cherishing your spouse, cherishing your significant other. And what I tied that into was cherishing humans more than physical, tangible things itself. Yeah. And what I, what I came to this week, this was like maybe two days ago, but I thought about, like, man, imagine, I mean, 
this isn't far-fetched because if everybody would just put in their 1% a day, it would happen. But imagine everybody who cared about each other. Like, if, like, like we're, okay, and, th- and there's four of us in here, right? So I care for Eddie, Eddie cares for Brian, Brian cares for Andy, Andy cares for me. Imagine that as the world. Like, I think that's what I got. That's what I then, you know, I have, like, several tiers that I came up with as far as, like, cherishing a person. But for Gonzo's sake, for Con- for not Gonzo's sake, but Gonzo's scenario where cherishing another person, where that's important. Today I listened. I happened to put on that station on the way home because I, I had, it wasn't a long day, but I just needed to decompress to get ready for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I put on that station, and it happened to be the one of the announcers because they were they, again. I guess, I guess it's like the eight thirty hour, eight o'clock eight hour, eight, eight o'clock hour. But the the guy, the commentator says, "Take your wife out on a date, and you find the sitter. Nice. But ask her out on a date. Take her out." And to me, I, again, tied that into, like, cherishing a, another human mm-hmm. being, right? And I thought that was so cool. So, like, you saying that and, you know, this whole, like, just transition of, of that, of cherishing other human beings. But when you have that significant other, cherishing that person and not getting complacent in that sense, you know? Like, this one, like, and it was so great because it was, it was only, like, two, two, three sentences that this guy said. He's like, but take your, he's like, ask your, ask your wife out on a date. And he's like, I guarantee you she'll love it. And she'll love you. Even, she'll love it. She'll love it even more when you find the sitter. Today's Friday. So like, so like all that stuff is like, man. Like, imagine that. Like, imagine how much complacent people that we see, and and I hope that it doesn't tell into like their relationship. But a lot of times it does. That's that's a reality, right? And so I know it's something that I take into consideration with the people that who I interact with. But also I think about other people whenever I'm talking to them. Like, hey, like, I hope. I did have I did hear one client. It was it was pretty sad to hear, but I did hear it, where it's like, oh, I don't want to go home. And it's like, man, like, to me that that's that's a, even though she's, even though she's smiling and happy, she's not. No. And it's 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 yeah. it's just an interesting thing to see and to hear that, especially the cherishing and stuff that I've that I have in my own personal head. Then to hear uh, someone say that in a you know a public place and and of course she like diverted like right away. I guess she caught that I heard, right. and maybe you know whatever she thought I thought it doesn't matter, but <coughs> but it definitely it, I didn't forget it. Obviously, it's like like oh I, I wish I didn't have to go. Like man, you know she has a family. It's not like she's not going home to anybody. Or to, to, it's not like she's not going home to nobody. 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 Right. Right. I don't know. It's 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 a tough situation that I don't know enough about because I'm I'm not in a relationship anyways. So I don't I don't want to say too much, but it's just a it's a. It's an observation that I have had for these past two weeks, and then hearing that today to finish off my Friday, it was you know it was just rekindling my thought. Right, and I think like something you you and I talked about, Andy. Um, I I think this kind of ties into cherishing people. For those of us who don't have a significant other, right? Sorry. Just kind of put your phones down. Like I know uh, I forgot where it was that that we had said like just. You know, if you're, let's say you're meeting somebody for dinner, friends, not even a significant other, you're meeting, you know, friends for dinner or something and you get there early and you're sitting at the table, like put your phone down and and just kind of like observe around you. Mm. And it might just, it might just give you a little bit more of like, uh, like, uh, how do I say this? Just a, a, a more, maybe you feel a little more personal with people, just people watching kind of like, you know. Like, they're not just, 
you know bodies walking around but they're actual people and you yeah. get to see them interact and and whatnot you know? absolutely and one thing i know i know eddie something to go to the mall to people watch right i don't know if you've done it lately but i know i know you've done it so we're gonna go off of that right and like when you see these couples who are in love with each other i think that's so cool because you're kind of able to fish them out like oh that couple Mm-hmm. Or when it's friends and they're out together and like they're 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 wherever they're at and they're like laughing hysterically, and it's like they enjoy just their company, and like that goes back to like putting your phone down for a second. And I know I heard this on a podcast because it was it was the same scenario that that Brian brought up. But you know when they go, who was this? I need to find this. It's a podcast, obviously. But talking about when they go to dinner, leaving your phones at home. Do you remember that podcast? Andy? Yeah, Brian? you told me about it, but totally forgot who it was that mentioned it. And that if they go out in a group, they'll, like, take one phone for emergencies, for emergencies but everybody else right. leaves theirs at home. I feel like I heard that, too, somewhere. I don't know. I know I've, I've talked about it because I brought up my man, but I don't, know, I don't know if I've talked about it with you. Anyway, so, like, that. So, being able to people watch, but just watch them enjoy, like, find the And, and then you then sometimes you'll find the ones who aren't. Like, they're, like, mad. Maybe the guy said something wrong and they're at dinner now and he's kind of screwed. <laughs> Right, like yeah. that that happens, right? Yeah. And and when you see that, it's like, oh man, like he's in some deep. He's part. He's probably in some deep shit, right? So like, when you're able to do that, then when your friends show up, not being on your phones, so you can actually talk. And I feel like we do that now here with the podcast. You know, like even with us four here, um, you know, at least minimally opening our phones now. Like sometimes Eddie will open it up to, to research something, which is cool. And Brian too, and I do because I have a lot of I. Put notes. I mean, I have my phone with me everywhere, so I put notes in there. That's why I remember about some conversations that I had with mm-hmm. Gonzo and Eddie and Brian because my phone's there. And it's like, oh, if something strikes me, I might be able to use this later. And so far, it, it's worked out pretty good as far as using stuff later. You know, it's really funny. Um, remember when my phone was? I didn't have a phone for like two weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> I work at a at a gym, like doing maintenance stuff. You know, cleaning up here and there, and pretty much just to get me through the week t- until it comes time to a gig. But um, I usually have headphones in, listening to music, just to, you know, listen to podcasts and stuff, just to have my mind, you know, have my mind working while my body's working. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> that, that job is so routine, and I do the, the same thing every single, like, day at the exact same time. It's, mm. like, pretty much my body goes on autopilot. Yeah. So um, I didn't have my phone for, like, two weeks, and I actually had to look at people and the weird thing is that people actually like acknowledged me and they actually said hi to me and I said hi to them. And it's just so weird how like a phone, although it's like, although you can see anywhere in the world through your phone, it's still a wall to like what's around you mm-hmm. and you miss out on so much. And I think I mentioned this at practice one time. I was just like, well, I was going to say, what did you say? Like, I, th- I don't know if it was the day before you got your phone or when you knew your f- new phone was coming in, so you were anticipating that, but how you felt before you got that phone, before you got your phone back. Do you remember? I, well, I, I just recall you saying, like, I'm like, so how's it feel? Like, after those two weeks, you had started kind of, like, being okay yeah, without it. Yeah, I adapted it. to not having the phone. And yeah. it, was, it was weird. Like, the, I mean, now I have my phone. I actually... I use my phone for, like, I don't get on social media as much anymore. I actually, like, play games on my phone. Me and my girlfriend got into, like, playing stupid, like, Candy Crush-type games on our phones. Like, we'll we'll lay down next to each other and, like, play the same game. Like, oh, I need lives. Send me lives. 
And <laughs> you know, we, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but see, that's 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 still. Well, I mean, we're still case, interacting. Interacting. With each other. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not comp- you're not on social media. Yeah. Looking at to see what everybody else is doing with their life. Yeah. Or not doing with their life, and they just post on social media to just be a part of the scene. It's right. like you're you're gonna miss out on so much just because of a little device that's in your hand that's yeah. lighting up like behind me mm-hmm. right now, and I can see it. <laughs> I kind of want to check it, but I'm not going to right now. But it's it's weird. One time I, I lost my phone for a weekend. Not that I lost it, but it, it basically broke. It died. And I was in Miami. And that was, like, the best time of my life. Like, yeah, I wasn't. I, I was at a music festival, and I was, you know, getting to know the city. I was being kind of toured around and, and seeing new things and stuff. <laughs> and um, it was awesome because in my mind I was like, Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna take so many pictures and videos and I'm gonna upload this to Snapchat and Twitter. And I think my first night there is when it kinda just died. Uh I was at the music festival, it rained on me and the the Wink phone put Yeah, the phone just gave out. So for the rest of the weekend or week I guess, I was there for a little over a weekend. Um, I didn't have a phone. So all those memories are just in my head and it feels so awesome because I wasn't so glued to my screen so that I could publish this to everybody. Right. It's it's an experience that, that I got to fully enjoy. Fully and soak in. Yeah, and just because my friends didn't see it doesn't make it less valuable. Boom. See, and my mom gives me so much um, so much strife for not like um, like taking pictures with um, like artists I look up to or songwriters I look up to. But for me, like I don't need that picture. Like, you know, um, one of my favorite songwriters on the planet, uh, Bruce Robison, I saw him on Valentine's Day in Franklin, Tennessee in, like, I want to say 2012 or 2013. One of those. Anyway, irrelevant. But I saw him, and it was the first and only time I've ever seen him. And against one of my favorite songwriters on the planet. And I just, you know, like, I got to meet him, didn't want a picture with him. It's like... Just want to meet him, you know? Like, I, I don't need that picture. I don't need that, um, I guess, that, um, whatchamacallit? Gratification? Yeah, that gratification. Or satisfaction. I know Brian Sa- used satisfaction. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't need the satisfaction from it, right? Like, I'd already been satisfied. I'd already had my fill. Just being able to shake his hand and tell him, hey, man, your songs changed my life on a daily basis. Yeah. You know? It's cool. It's, it's a cool thing how we used to say, or I, we in general, you say uh, Pixar didn't happen, and now it's kind of like <laughs> what? You never heard? I've never said that. <laughs> oh no! I, oh, I said, I said we in general. I don't no, know I mean knows. like oh, I I don't think I've ever. Well, heard no, at some point, <laughs> people would say I've never, never even heard that saying. Nah, <laughs> I was like, come on, <laughs> give me a mad horn. <laughs> but uh, but now like those tables are turning for us, and now it's like no, it happened, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. You know, like it happened, and that's it. Um, my favorite and like for me now when I, like the pictures I do have on my phone some of my favorite ones are when we were in Tahoe and in Sutter and Yuba City and stuff and like I look at and like what helps me for those like just remembering that moment and okay let's keep let's get back to work or whatever but like I like pictures for that now you know before it was like oh like I mean this person I, I do want a picture blah 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 and now it's like now it's more of places I've been you know, like I said, Tahoe, Yuba City, you know, Sacramento, wherever, wherever, wherever yeah. I was, Vegas. You know, I have a few pictures from the road trip that me and Brian took, and you know, I have those, and it's just good times to remember. I feel that same way about um, 
there's this one picture that I love to look at. It's a picture I took the morning that we left Nashville from uh, from my buddy's house that we were staying in when we were there for those. How long were we there? Three weeks? A full three weeks. Damn, three weeks. <coughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I took a picture of that house that morning, that sunrise morning when we left, because it was like 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning yeah, when early. we left. It was super early. Yeah. yeah, so the sunrise is coming up behind the house and, and I took a picture of the house before we left. And it's on my my all my social media, like, you know, Instagram, Facebook and whatever. But I just love looking at it. I love looking at that picture of that house. Cause we made so many fucking great memories in that house just in the short time, the three weeks that we stayed there. Yep. Like even cause we went down Broadway a few times during throughout the three weeks and I remember taking a picture I think the first time down Broadway and like the rest of it if you didn't have me on Snapchat you didn't you didn't know. But like as far as the rest of social media, like I was able to just hold off because I was like, no, I'm I'm at we're at Roberts and it's like yes, like we're at Roberts, you know, just hanging out and listening to like awesome music or or even like some of these guitar players are super sick and playing these awesome classic songs. But uh, but yeah yeah going back to like the picture stuff like yeah it's it's interesting how the tables turned but you know uh, we use them now for different instances you know or different things they they move us in a different way now. Than like trying to prove to somebody that <laughs> you were th- you were in this particular situation at this particular moment. Mm-hmm. You know it's funny like um, the gig that we had New Year's Eve I think in Corpus okay Ingleside yeah. I didn't have my phone mm. and mm-hmm. uh, my girlfriend went with me. We traveled together and that was honestly the funnest time I'd ever had in a car. Like we sang Disney songs on the way home, and it was just like. It was great. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was super. It's good. awesome. It was nice. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, Eddie had to ride with me back back home. So, <laughs> did y'all sing Disney songs? <laughs> we nah, did. we sang uh, DreamWorks. Wasn't Walt Disney like um, like the man himself, um, an anti-Semite? I've heard. I've heard he was a lot of things that I wouldn't initially expect him to be. Right. I think the one that stands out most to me is anti-Semite. We don't got to talk about that for too long. That's just like a random thought that popped <laughs> in my head. But Isn't that, that goes into the whole thing where like all geniuses are a little bit crazy? Mm. I think so. Or there's something weird. They have that those weird things about them. Yeah. Is it anti-Semite or anti-Semite? Anti, anti. I don't even know what the fuck that is. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> I worry a lot about... If I'm pronouncing words right or if I'm, like, well, emphasizing it, the right semi or syllable. The what? Is it semi or semi? No, I'm pretty sure it's semi. I'm how you say unjust. Wait, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Uh, like, like, you mean semi, like semi semicircle or semi-circle? No, 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 no. Semite, like anti-semite, like they hate oh, Jews. Then what were you saying? You were, but you were debating the anti or anti. Yeah. Yeah, so it's semi-semi. So it's like tomato, tomato. Oh. Yeah. Maybe. It's like where you come. Where you talking about? Like where in the beginning, where where you come from, or wherever that you know that you pronounce things a certain way. Spain. <laughs> yeah, like that. It goes back to that, like the Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona. Right. Bar- Barcelona. It was non-kosher. Zapatos. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the hell of it. Did you hear about the that Italian chef? He passed away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Usually, I'm the one that tells the bad jokes. Joe, there's a, hold on. I need to look this up because I need to go through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look through my little 
Going off of that, I love when Gonzalez does like impersonations of people. He, <laughs> you do impersonations so spot. I'm on. not going to though because I'm pretty sure they listen. <laughs> you got okay. So one night you, you're gonna have to do this one <laughs> at least. One night we were coming back from a gig in Ingleside, Texas, which is uh, near Corpus, and uh, so we got that two and a half hour drive back home. It's two o'clock in the morning. We stop at the at the convenience store so I can gas up the truck and and so we can get down get some snacks yeah some snacks some coffee some Red Bull whatever the fuck those and, uh, rolls that the they little kaloshes oh yeah anyway and for whatever reason like I see the coffee machine and I just think the word cafecito is like the f- funniest Spanish word <laughs> in existence at the moment I love how so. people use it though like yeah so anyway una, I say una like cafecito no mas or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Something about the word to me is just so freaking funny. <laughs> Brian's Cafecito. the kind of person that would say it. I wouldn't, but but I feel I, like I've heard you say it Cafecito? or posted at some. I don't point, even like drink when coffee, you had, so when you had a Facebook. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's so <laughs> that long ago. But uh, no, but but in Spanish, like we use a lot of like what are they called diminutives or whatever. When I you, don't know, you yeah, make sure. everything smaller. Right. So yeah, but I don't know. I've never heard. I've never. I've never used. I don't know, maybe somebody similar to you. I don't Whichever know. way, I'm putting you on the spot, Gonzo. You've got to do the impersonation. You gotta you've, set me up. You've got to do the impersonation of the old man asking for his <laughs> cafecito. I can't. I can't. I'm sick right now. No, no, that's, it's perfect. Go. Mijo, dame un cafecito. If you've ever, <laughs> if you've ever run into an old Mexican man in the morning at a restaurant trying to get his coffee and his breakfast taco, that's exactly what the fuck he sounds like. Hey. <laughs> I I love how they drink it as soon as it comes out of the pot. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Everybody has seen that one old person. As soon as the coffee comes out of the pot, still steamy, you know. Oh my god! And they just and then how? How, how do you say it? How do you say it? Cafecito! And then <laughs> what the fuck? How does that not kill you? Oh man, it kills me. You know where I saw that a lot? I I did a the I did a a class for like a CNA certification. Okay. And I did a clinical, a three day clinical, in preparation for the test, which I decided not to take because I was like. Fuck this! I can't be around all this like environment and everything. It it, it would have messed with it's me in hard, the long yeah. run. Mm-hmm. But like those old like frail people like drinking their coffee as hot as it was. It's just like how do they do that? Yeah, and no same thing when they flip the tortillas with no like they just grab them. That I can off do. The thing. That I can do. That, that's, that, that's pretty natural. Come on. I'm, that's I'm, pretty ha- natural. I'm half white. I guess I can't do. <laughs> To get you a girl who can flip a tortilla on the comal. <laughs> get a girl that can make the masa, make the tor- roll out the tortilla, and then put them on the comal. They don't make them like that anymore. I, I remember Down. The, they have this uh, white, I think it's White Wing is the brand. Yeah. It's a flour. tortilla flour, mm-hmm. like pre-mixed and everything. You just have to add water. Mm. My dad bought that at one point, and I ate so many tortillas that week. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. I made, like, big, thick ones, a little skinny, like, super, like, they're ones that get real crispy, real yeah. nice. Like, oh my gosh! So I went through like twelve dozen eggs. Like, really, <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Twelve dozen. That's an exaggeration, but like, still, like but I was might as well be still impressive. Yes. Did you use a spatula? Hell yeah, I did. <laughs> no, actually, I did the flip 
with the pan. Oh, you sautéed it. I guess. I, <laughs> I guess that what it's called. Man. There's this artist. Um, I'm not actually sure where he's based out of. It's either Brownsville or San Benito, Texas, one of the two, or Harlingen. I don't know. Anyway, his name is Jose Sanchez. If you want to look him up, he's got this mm. band called I Chingatos. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But it's spelled I, and then <coughs> Ching, and then Gatos. What do you mean I? Like like, like I, like myself, oh, okay. I, letter I, and then C-H-I-N-G, Ching, oh, okay. and then Gatos. <laughs> it's a play off of a Spanish like curse word, I guess, right? What does that even mean? I Ching Gatos. What does that mean? What does well, that it, fucking mean? Was der- I guess derivative from I Chingao, like, damn it, like. But it's just, but, yeah, it's just But like, Chingatos, is, that's probably like his unique thing. Because yeah, Gatos is probably cat. his take on it. Yeah, Gatos <laughs> is cat. So, anyway, they have this song. Uh, he has a song called White Flour Tortillas. And in it, he talks about how white flour tortillas are a conspiracy. They're created by the government to make us fat and dependent. <laughs> I believe it. It's a good song, though. Yeah. Have you heard it? It's, yeah. It's great, yeah. Oh, my God, I need to listen to this. Are they on Spotify? Um, I don't know about Spotify. I know on iTunes for sure. Oh man, it's good. I gotta, I gotta look it's that worth up. It, yeah. Pretty sure they're on iTunes. Um, yeah, it's like, what are the lyrics? It's like, just like an Uzi, but a little less dangerous. White flour tortillas. <laughs> That's a new. Uh, that sounds like a poem. Walk-on song right there. <laughs> sure. man, that guy can write some kooky, awesome songs. They're so kooky. They're that awesome. I yeah. agree. Because I, I only saw him one. I guess him once. One time, me and Eddie were out at uh, the Prelude in Harlingen. And he's like, wait, wait for it. And then, like, he went through, like, his little three, four songs or whatever. And I was like, damn. Like, that's some good. Like, that's some good <laughs> stuff. There's no way. There's no other way about it. I wish I could write kooky songs. I always end up writing about serious shit. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had, you had one recently that you wrote a fun song. The one about being a bar band. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, us. yeah. And, like, I still have it on my mind because I, I have, like, ideas as far as, like, what I would do for, like, layers of, like, guitar parts. So it's there. It's, like, there in my subconscious, like, back here. We should do something with that. But uh, Why not? It's a, it's, nice. it's a definitely a change of pace that I that I dig. So when you send them, like, I had just left, like, one of the elementary schools I was at. And I was like, yeah, like, on my way to work. Like, listen, really listen to his work tape. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Talking about. Some dude requesting Neon Moon several times throughout the night. That happened one time where, like, it was actually in Ingleside at that at that place, at Backwoods. And um, we got done playing for the night, and this guy was like, you guys are awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, you guys are awesome. awesome. <laughs> um, and he's like, but you didn't play the greatest song of all time. Which ones? Neon Moon, man. You didn't play it. God damn it. Here we- Same old story never ends. It's always neon moon. Well, speaking of live shows, did you get the um, <laughs> the link I sent you about Ryan Adams? He wrote the. I did. Um, I have it on here, but I, have, I haven't read it yet. <gasps> I, I read the DeVos one, but I want to get into that next week. I'm, I'm I'm holding off the DeVos stuff till next week. But uh, I do have the article here, the Ryan Adams one. We'll go into it. I mean, I didn't read it, but I hope I can have some chime, and we can all have some chime. Yeah. So basically, for anybody listening, uh, the Ryan Adams article. Um, he wrote this uh, essay for the New York Times this week. By the way, Ryan Adams is like one of my favorite singer-songwriters, artists of all time. 
forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I'll be forever obsessed with him <laughs> and his catalog. Anyway, he wrote this article for the New York Times explaining his whole thing that happened, I think, in 2002 when he was playing his first ever show at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee, which is a badass venue that's the home of the Grand Ole Opry. That's where they used to have that show originally before it moved to the Opry House. It's kind of more like in the north, um, northeast section of town. Anyway, so a lot of history in this venue. So Ryan Adams playing there for the first time, 2002. His name is dangerously similar to Brian Adams, <laughs> if you haven't picked that up yet, who sings Summer of 69. And so this fan, who I guess was just kind of drunk or just kind of looking to cause havoc, kept shouting out, Summer of 69, Summer of 69 at Ryan Adams' show. And a big part of Ryan Adams' show is he's playing a lot of songs acoustic. I think at the time he was still doing stuff with Gillian Welch and David Rawlings, who were badass fucking folk singers, some of my favorites. So a lot of, you know, um, they're hovered around one condenser mic, and the mic's turned up super loud so that they can be super far away from it. So it's really picking up the room, like, a lot. You right. know, it's a small room. It's like... Well, not a small room, but it's not like a stadium, you know? Right, right, yeah. yeah. It's like a, maybe a little over a 1,000 people. So, um, you know, it really picks up everything. So this guy shouting Summer of 69 was, like, getting picked up into the mic and coming back out uh, to the speakers. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, like, everyone was hearing this guy shout out a Brian Adams song to Ryan Adams. Right, you know? right. And um, Ryan in the essays, like, talking about how frustrated it was you know it was it was making him get and he basically kind of lost control over his emotion and was not able to get into the performance or get into his songs or find any kind of groove or any kind of rhythm throughout the set and he eventually caved and he called the dude out and he went right down there and he like pulled out 40 bucks from his wallet and gave it to the guy and he was like if your goal was to ruin this show then you've done that very well, but I still I still need to try and salvage this because it's my job and I need to do it. So here's your money back. Go take a cab. Like get out of here. Just leave or whatever. Damn. Something like that. I love that. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. I highly recommend reading that article. It's really yeah. good. Um, it's it's really relatable. Just like for me, because there have been those gigs that we've had where I just couldn't seem to turn my attitude around. For whatever reason, whether it was, um, you know, because of the crowd or because of another thing, you know, mm -hmm. but I've been there. Totally relate to that. And you're trying forever and ever and ever. And it, it feels like eternity, like you're trying so hard to just kind of find your groove and get back into the swing of things and just try to lose yourself in the music a little bit. And you just fucking can't. And it's like the worst feeling in the world for an artist, for me anyway, like, you know. Right, especially I mean, for you in your case where you're, you have a direction for your records, so being driven in a direction that doesn't help <coughs> you release this record is you know hard to detach at the moment because you're you're there now and you're you know you're trying to do what you can but uh, crazy crazy uh, crazy thing that happens I guess. I know, uh, for me, I, I honestly feel like it happens less, but I know what you mean because, you know, I feel like we, we go through that until we find 
that rhythm that it just kind of happened. You know, we're we find that rhythm that okay, we're good with using. You know, or going with. You know, in this case, hopefully, you make your record and make make some steam. You know, when we get we're able to pull it out, you know, and use it. You know, all the time. Yeah, that'd be great. It's a uh, not even really for for me. It's like not even really with the song choice because. Like, I try to get into it either way, whether we're doing a cover or whether we're doing an original. Like, I try to transport myself back to that feeling for that song. Right. And try to use that to, you know, just propel the energy, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, transfer that onto the crowd. But I guess what really gets me more than anything is when, like, it's very visible that people are just not into it. Yeah. And you just, like, feel like you're losing it. You're losing grasp of, of like, what you, I guess, claim to be good at. You know what I mean? That's fair. And it's like being stripped from you. Or not stripped, but like you, you're just not, um, you're just not obtaining it that night. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you, you just, you don't have the crowd that night. Yeah. Or at least that's what you feel. I don't know. Uh, I know at some point, at when there, that happens, what I do is I say, fuck it and play. Like, yeah. play the music. Don't worry about the crowd anymore. Because you can only salvage so much, dude. Now imagine playing all the hits in the second set and you run out because you run out for the third set, you know, like, or like not the hits, but like this all, let's say you put all, all the stops, you try to you, every single song in order. Well then now <laughs> the rest of the gig is going to be maybe unsalvageable because there's no more songs. Then now we have to repeat songs. You know, that makes sense. That's, that's just an example of like what yeah. could happen. And I know at some point you got to say, I'm playing this song and we're going to, you know, I know a couple times you've put out like originals, like we'll play hometown or something. And, uh, and because it's like, well, might as well. I mean, what what difference does it seem like it's gonna make? You know, you know, you know whatever. In that yeah, situation. it's like, well, what do we have to lose at this point? Right. Yeah. Is that something that like somebody in the business world kind of would run into? Like where the stuff that you're putting out just isn't like you feel like you hit a wall. I guess. Hmm. What well, depends? Like, there's so many aspects of it, but if you could generalize it, or if you could find something that answers Andy's question. So you put out something that, and you hit a wall. I I guess not hit a wall, but like people just people just don't like respond to it as well as you would expect it to. Maybe they just like don't take to a product or to a service. Yeah, and and that's kind of what I was gonna relate it to, mainly because like you know what I've been diving into lately is uh, like e-commerce, and one of the aspects of it is like creating your own brand. So. That that's definitely a possibility in the business world. You you and that's why it's important to do like your research and maybe or not maybe but for sure have a focus group to see how you know different people take to your product before you go and make like a thousand, two, three, four thousand units of it and then try to sell it and it doesn't <laughs> sell. So that definitely happens and and to avoid that, like I guess in business you just do your research and and test it right, experiment, yeah. test the market. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely happens and, and it kind of sucks because at that point, a lot of the times you, you make a big investment into it and you don't get a return on it. Right. Uh, one example that I, I remember from college was, uh, our professor brought up Victoria's Secret, the brand, the company, mm-hmm. and it was, I think it was created by a guy mm-hmm. and he got to a certain point where maybe he thought it was like at its max. So then he sold it for like $2 million. Look where it's at now. So, I think within like, I don't even know if it reached ten years. Where it like, I mean, it it multiplied, you know, tenfold, right? The 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 value of Victoria's Secret. And this guy jumped out. He's committed suicide. Jumped out the Golden Gate Bridge because he sold too early. 
he's so dirty. So that's I mean that's an extreme example, but it's one that 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 stayed with me as far as like brand. Like you might as well just stick it out. Don't don't go bankrupt. I don't think you should go that deep. But I mean you you need to give it some time. <laughs> To see, okay, is this its if th- is this its peak or are we are we still on the brink of yeah. what it could be? One way I think one way I would think about it is, if I sold it at that point and didn't wait or didn't do something to get it to to where you know the potential lies, then that's that's kind of my fault. And for example, if I was in his shoes, I wouldn't be upset over the fact that it was worth more you know, soon after selling it because I wouldn't have done what, you know, these people did to take it to where it went. Right. That's why I sold it. Like, I had no more business there. I had nothing else to do with it. So, I let it go. Right, exactly. And I agree because when I I heard this, not then, but thinking about the story now, I know it would be the same thing. Like, wait, why sold it? Okay, it's a big-ass company now. Well, I mean, it's not that it's too bad, but, like, I think, you know, if that happened then, okay, what, what, how can I beat that? Now that you know, and I'm not saying create competition within the market. I'm saying you created this thing that is now like a, you know, let's say billion dollar, billion dollar company, right? And then you develop, develop something else. You know, go on to. It's just so crazy how like it took that toll on him, like where he's like, I can't believe what it is now, and he jumped, and he, you know, yeah. he just couldn't believe what it turned into. It's crazy. I don't want to necessarily end it on that note, but I'm gonna end it there. Uh, we we had a good conversation. I think we hit a lot of topics that we didn't foresee hitting, and you yeah. know we got to learn more. Even even now, we've known each other for I mean, me and Brian and Eddie have known each other for a long time. Andy, you know, also thanks for coming on, being our first guest. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was a pleasure. Um, I'm gonna leave this episode with when you go into a project, look to see how you can develop your relationship with other people. And while you want to focus and you want your project to be successful, think about your interactions. Think about how you're going about that. And if you have those strong, then I think your project will be successful anyways.